It definitely does not feel like Christmas outside or Christmas no. time or anything. In fact, it feels like it feels like almost spring out. It's beautiful outside. It was really depressing on the short walk from my car to the door here to the studios today. It's golf weather. It's your weather. Exactly. That's where I should be right now. But, no, it is beautiful out, and we uh, appreciate everyone taking time and hanging out with us here this afternoon on a Friday. How about that? This week flew by. Happy Friday. I hope everyone has some big fun plans for the weekend. Safe, of course. That's all that matters at this point. But we're getting closer and closer uh, to, well... Figuring out who the Final Four is going to be in the college football playoff. We've spent a lot of time on that this week, and we're going to be spending a lot of time on that here in the coming weeks as things start to shape out a little bit. Uh, Dabo Sweeney, everyone's second favorite coach behind Ryan Day, I'm sure, um, <laughs> had some interesting comments to the me. He was on the Rich Eisen show earlier this afternoon. Dabo Sweeney was asked if he was on the committee, if he was on the college football playoff committee, would he select how how would he view a team like Ohio State with only six games versus a team like Texas A&M who is going to be playing 10 to 11 games who will have one loss Florida is going to play 10 games they'll have one loss potentially two and Dabo Swinney of course irked many um Dabo Swinney doesn't know what stick to what coaches talk is apparently. You know, most coaches will just say, Oh, look, I'm only focused on my team right now. You know, I, I'm not mm. on the committee and I just want to focus on my team. But Dabo Swinney talked, he opened his mouth and it was like throwing gas onto fire. I mean, it was unbelievable the reaction on social media today. So Dabo Swinney was asked about it. He said that he would have a hard time if he was on the committee voting to put Ohio State and selecting Ohio State to make the college football playoff as six and zero Big Ten champions because he said he would have a hard time putting a six team, uh, a team that's only played six games in over a team like Texas A&M. And even if Florida loses to Alabama, he said he had a hard time putting them in over Florida, who, again, has more losses because they've played more games, which, in essence, made them more vulnerable to picking up more losses. Mm-hmm. where Ohio State played significantly less, not just significantly less, almost half the amount of games, played less than half the amount of games that everyone else did. Um, I'm one of those where I always try to look at, before I react to someone saying something, I try to see to kind of what the, what the point is that they're coming across. On Twitter, I get, and I tweeted this out earlier, that the purpose of Twitter.com is to be as angry as you possibly can, to be outraged by absolutely everything. Um, you know, man, it's a beautiful day out. Not for everybody. How selfish of you to think that everyone's having a beautiful day. Like, that's what Twitter is. And, of course, of the entire entire explanation that Dabo Sweeney had for why he believed he would not put a six-win team or a, a team that's only played six games in over at someone else, he just, th- that's it. It was as simple as, I just don't believe they've played enough games, that's why I wouldn't select him. He did go on to say that they're good enough to be, a, they, they are one of the top four teams in the country, uh, they are good enough to win a national championship. He said those things. But that doesn't fit people's narrative on the angrytwittermob.com. That's not how Twitter works. We got to be angry. We got to make sure that we only find the lines in his entire statement that fit our anger, that fit our narrative. Because when he did say something along the lines of, they're a good team, they're one of the top four teams in the country, they are good enough to win a national championship. Oh, no, no, no. We got to forget that. We can't, we can't, we can't give him credit for saying that. No, we got to focus on when he said he would put Texas A&M in. Which, by the way, 
isn't even really in the conversation at this point in regards to that fourth and final spot. Texas A&M would need a lot of help for that to happen, mainly because there's just not a path for them to get there at this point because it's really between Florida. I mean, like there would be teams, a lot of dominoes would have to fall. Like Ohio State would have to lose. Clemson would have to lose again. Uh, Bama would have to think? lose. There, there would be a lot of a lot of heads would have to roll before Texas A&M gets into that conversation. It just wouldn't make sense. So basically where I'm at with all of this is that Dabo Sweeney, Said nothing wrong. He said what he, he he answered the question. Dabo, if you were on the committee, how would you view a team that's only played six games? I actually would have a hard time putting them in over teams who have played ten games. That's a very smart answer. It's actually a very intelligent answer. It actually makes a lot of sense. You don't have to agree with it. I believe Ohio State should be in the playoff. But I wasn't triggered. I wasn't enraged. I wasn't angry. I wasn't ready to go storm uh, Clemson's campus and, 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 you know, basically try to get him out of there. It's ridiculous, folks. Like, you hate Dabo for one reason and one reason only. He can't beat him. That, that, that's why Buckeye fans are mad at him. But when he said he would pick a team like Texas A&M or Florida to get in over them, it was strictly because of the amount of games that they have played versus Ohio State. That was it. But I get it. Twitter.com. It's all about the anger. It's all about the rage. It's all about feelings. And Buckeye fans are all up in their feelings today. You know who should be in their feelings? Bearcats fans. Because he went directly to A&M, to Florida. Bearcats are undefeated. Bearcats are eight and zero. Yep. Bearcats have potential to go nine and zero next week over Tulsa if they can win their conference championship game next week. That's who should be upset here. Ohio State fans shouldn't be upset because the Big Ten has done everything to try to get them into the college football playoff. Literally everything, everything, everything that they possibly can. Yeah, they they started the season after they said they wouldn't. Uh, they finagled things around to get them in the Big Ten Championship game after saying the minimum game was six games, now it's five, uh, and they're in the Big Ten Championship game. I was not irked about it because I don't get irked about a lot of things that Dabo says lately. Um, I know that he's a college football coach, and he says crazy things. I don't necessarily believe this is way off the mark. I can understand where he's coming from. Like, all right, man, if they had, if everybody was playing the same amount of games this season, yeah, but it isn't like Ohio State isn't playing games because they didn't want to. The conference made the decision to postpone the season until the spring, and then they reconvened and said, all right, we're going to play an eight-game schedule. And then they had a couple games canceled due to other people's problems on their campus. They had a game canceled because of COVID issues on their campus and inside their program, and then now their biggest rival has concerns so they're not going to play six games but guess what the big 10 made a way for ohio state to be in the big 10 championship game and if they handle their business nine times out of ten they'll be in the college football playoff and then they'll be able to prove themselves against Dabo. here's the deal i don't feel bad you can't I, i'm i don't want to do this whole oh, poor ohio state they they didn't play you know it's not their fault they didn't play enough games it's may not, it may not be their fault but it is the Big Ten's fault. Mm-hmm. And whether, like, we can't do the sympathy thing every time. Oh, poor Buckeyes. Poor, no, poor nothing. Like, for instance, Clemson. How many games did they end up making up that they, well, technically they didn't even make up the one that they, right. you know, with Florida State. But they they benefited from their conference's rule of, hey, giving them time to make up games at the end. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they would be in the same situation as Ohio State. Right. But, hey, they're in a conference that didn't make that rule. So we're playing by the rules of which they're conference is governed and the big 10 didn't allow makeup or time for makeup games uh, they had the 21 day rule versus the 10 for other conferences um, Clemson also has been 
impacted by this. They've played without Trevor Lawrence. They went without Trevor Lawrence for five weeks. Mm-hmm. All right, they uh, you know they've had players lift uh, you know miss games left and right. So Clemson's been through it. If you know when people say, oh, who cares what he has to say? For instance, on Facebook right away, Doug Morgan says it really doesn't matter. Uh, it's his opinion. Who cares? It doesn't affect anything. Well, clearly, Doug. I mean. That's one thing to say it that way, but clearly his opinion matters because if it didn't matter, he wouldn't be trending on Twitter all day and the Twitter.com mob would not be calling for his head. So I know what you're saying. Uh, technically, it doesn't matter. It doesn't mean anything. He doesn't have a vote, but he has a voice, and it's a strong voice whether we like it or not. And he's saying what a lot of people that are not sporting the scarlet and gray are thinking and saying at this point. And if you think that's the last you're going to hear that, it is not. We're going to hear even more of that moving forward. That was Ben Hartsock's point on the show mm-hmm. yesterday when he was saying, hey, you know what? They're like a WWE heel. The, the Buckeyes have been turned into this WWE heel that the second you hear their music crack the speakers, the entire stadium of 12,000 people starts booing them. Well, in football, it's 100,000, but they start booing them. They start getting booed. Yeah, their music hits, all right, and they're met with boos. And Ohio State's walking out, and they're just, I mean, they're pumping their chest, and they're just making them even angrier and angrier and angrier and the bottom line is is the teams that know how to embrace that succeed and the Mm -hmm. teams that fold under that pressure don't succeed alabama's used to being the hated team everywhere that they go they succeed clemson they were the lovable darling a few years ago Dabo has been beat up over the last year and a half. I mean, from the things that he has said to just not being very, uh, I, I would say, not being very, I, I guess, what's the word I want to use? Just not very aware, aware. of his of, of the times that were in with certain things that he has said. Not very sensitive to a lot of to social issues. He, he's been blind. So he's been kind of exposed now because he was comfortable for the longest time because Ryan Day's in that mode now, or was. Ryan Day was in that mode where people wanted every reason to like him. They were, I mean, he could, anything he would do, we like Ryan Day's learning now what it's like to be Urban Meyer. Ryan Day's going to be hated moving forward now. Mm. Not by Buckeye fans, not by us. But Ohio State has to understand that everything moving forward is going to be looked at as, oh, it was being done for them. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's annoying that that's what people are going to say and think, but how they embrace that is going to be what really leads to them how they're going to finish out this season. That's something to keep an eye on as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, A couple things about Dabo. One, He's not that uh, lovable guy that he used to be. You know what I'm saying? Like you were saying, he's not the former walk-on at Alabama that played wide receiver and won mm-hmm. the national championship. Like, man, look at that walk-on. He was the third receiver on the national championship team. Oh, man, then he was a GA, and then he busted his hump, and he was a special teams coordinator at Clemson. Now he they promoted him to head coach, and he worked his way up from the bottom, and now they're the national championship. Everybody loves him. Now more spotlight is on you. More you have to play this game of college football and politic, and not only for your program, but shoot for your conference as well. So now you are turning into what everybody couldn't stand about college football. Like you are turning into Nick Saban, and that's how this game is played. Yep. Eventually, you're in the sport long enough where you turn into the old guy. And that's what's happening right before our eyes with Dabo Sweeney. And another thing about what Dabo said is everybody listening to what he said, Ben, you will be a fool. You will be a fool to believe some people that are actually have votes in the college football playoff don't think the same way he does. That's why Ohio State is at four right now. That is why Texas A&M is nipping at their heels. This is exactly why, because it's people inside the room that actually do have a vote who do believe that, hey, man, they didn't play enough games. They don't have a large enough sample size to 
say they should be in the college football playoff. I know it's super easy for every Buckeye fan to say, oh, man, they would have beat Maryland. They would have beat Illinois. But we all thought that they were going to beat Purdue that night, that they threw 75 passes and lost and couldn't tackle Rondell Moore. Like, that's why they play the game. I know that is, like, super cliche, and I know I say that all the time, but that is exactly why the games are played on the field instead of on paper or instead of on recruiting rankings. You got to go out there and finish and show it. So, like I said, people would be a fool if they didn't believe that some people behind closed doors that actually have votes on the college football playoff don't have the exact same feelings Dabo has about not only Ohio State, but any Big Ten team or any Pac-12 team. They just don't have enough sample size to say that they should be in there. Luckily, Ohio State has a game next week, hopefully. Uh, and all this stuff is going to play itself out. And I truly believe that if Ohio State wins and Bama wins, we won't have anything to worry about. We'll be exactly where we want to be in the college football playoff, and then we can show and prove ourselves. Justin Kinner, Kev Nash with you here on 1410 ESPN Radio. The hotline is officially open, 937-457-9464. We are live on Facebook as well. And I know when people say, you know, look, it's, you know, I, I got that a lot on Twitter today. It's, who cares what Dabo says? You care. Yes. The people who say who cares, you're the one who cares the most, actually. That, that's what always cracks me. No one cares what he says. You, it, it triggered you enough to feel like you had to voice your opinion that nobody cares. You care. Because the people that don't care, they read it, and they're like, eh, whatever, and then they keep scrolling. The people that care, stop on it. They read it. They retweet it. They quote tweet it. They share it to Facebook. <laughs> they cuss out every Clemson fan that they know. They tell you how great Ohio State they they should be in even at two and zero. That that's that's what we do, and that's fine. Fan is short for fanatic. That's what we do. That's why we have jobs. That's why this show exists. That's why every sports show out there exists because of the passion of sports fans, and that's what makes the college football playoff so fun to talk about because of the urgency of the situation. Chris Schulp says he's trying to make a case for him uh, for his team to make the playoff in case they lose. Chris oh, they're is out. right. <laughs> they're but, out. But 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 Chris is right in regards to he's trying to sprinkle the 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 more games aspect of when he brought up Texas A&M. He knows Texas A&M really doesn't have a shot. Well, they have a shot, but it's a very bleak shot. He's bringing up tw- teams that don't. Uh, what? I mean, he I, he brought up Florida. No, no, no. No, no he said Florida. Texas. Even if Florida with two losses, he said Florida with two losses should get in. The only reason he's bringing up two. T- I know they're out of there, Kev. He's arg- he's kind of advocating. For those two teams, because his team, if they lose to Notre Dame, right. they could be in the te- in the Florida slash Texas A and M category of those teams. You know, are probably good enough to be in there, but their 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 losses aren't going to let them be invited to the party. Two losses for Florida. If if Clemson, who's a ten point favorite, loses uh, to Notre Dame, they're out. But you know, you're going to start hearing Clemson fans say, "Well, you I mean the first loss we had was because of that? I mean, you would pun- if that was the only loss we had to them, you wouldn't punish us for that. But you're going to punish us for the second go round." Uh, David Shaw says he's trending on Twitter because the tree has gone soft. Uh, look, this is why the 14 playoff exists. It's because of the urgency. Mm-hmm. If this isn't like for everyone out there screaming for an 18 playoff, we wouldn't care right now. Right. It would just be like, huh? Even if Ohio State, oh Ohio State's game with uh, um, who were they? Oh Michigan. Wow, I forgot who they were supposed to play this past weekend. How dare you? How tomorrow? It's supposed to be that team up north, the biggest rivalry in all the sports. How could I forget? Uh, you know, a blowout, thirty point favorite game. Anyways, uh, but no, they. It, you know, it wouldn't matter if Ohio State's four and zero and five and zero with the conference championship. Guess what? We don't care. They're getting in the playoff in an eighteen playoff. They're getting in probably right. in the sixteen playoff. 
But this is why four is so fun, because of the urgency, because everything matters. That loss all the way back in week whatever it was for Clemson to Notre Dame mattered. Um, that win for Indiana over Ohio, or that win over Indiana weeks and weeks, almost it feels like years ago, <laughs> that win mattered. Yeah. All right? Um, the win against Penn State, which feels like ages ago, that game mattered. I mean, even every game, every Rutgers, Rutgers matters because of, well, you gave up 28 points to them. Well, they had their second team in the second half. It doesn't matter. You gave up 28. Those things are going to be critiqued whether you like it or not so that's why i like the 14 playoff because everything's on the table i still think ohio state gets in but i do believe we will be holding our breath until we actually see their name pop up in that final square i just don't see cap i don't see them keeping ohio state at number four the entire stretch and then the last one bumping them out because nothing's really changed other than the amount of games that have been played and as long as ohio state keeps winning i just don't see them bumping out a 6-0 and Ohio State Big Ten champion team. I just don't. An undefeated non-Big Ten champion, I would be concerned. I'm just not concerned. I'm really not. But Dabo Sweeney, he has every right in the world to say what he did, and he's not necessarily wrong. Last point on this, Kev, if mm-hmm. the roles were reversed, if Ohio State is sitting at 9-1, and about to go into a Big Ten championship game against a very good Penn State, or a, a very good Wisconsin team, mm-hmm. and there's a chance that they could lose that game too and they would keep them out of the playoff, they're going to be peripherally looking to the side, keeping an eye on what everyone else is doing. And they're going to be saying, we would be saying, well, if Clemson's only played six games, there's no way in hell that they should be allowed into the playoff. We would be doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. So be annoyed. Continue hating Dabo. Continue hating Clemson. Because ultimately, what would make all of this even better, Kev, is at the very end, Justin Fields and Ryan Day up on the podium. You know, the the all the ink from the, from the end zone scattered across the jerseys. Everyone just looks sweaty and tired and they're exhausted. But they're smiling from ear to ear because Ryan Day and Justin Fields are hoisting up that national championship trophy after just beating Clemson in the national title game. That's what you should want. And when you hate that team, it makes it even more sweeter. That's what I can't yeah. wait for. So let Clemson talk. They have the right to talk. You would have the right to talk if the roles were reversed. We just got to sit here and be happy that the, for years we've said everyone's out to get us. They don't want us to succeed. Every domino has been knocked down for Ohio State to succeed. So as you said the other day, it's championship or bust. It's championship, championship or, or shut up. It's championship line. or bust for this team. Uh, and, and they got to get it done. They got to punch their ticket and handle their own business first in the Big Ten championship game. I did want to touch on Texas A&M. They are hovering right there at number five. I do see a route for them to make it to the college football playoff. And for me, it's pretty simple. It's Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship. Notre Dame wins the ACC championship. And Alabama wins the SEC championship. Mm-hmm. You have to put a fourth team in there. And that fourth place team hovering right there would be Texas A&M. Unless, they're going, unless UC jumps up there and get sneaks in through the back door. But I could really see that happening. I know a lot of people out there expecting Clemson to blow the doors off of Notre Dame come next week. Because uh, Sunshine is going to be back in there, helm in the quarterback position. But... I just don't see it that way. I think Notre Dame's going to win that game, to be perfectly honest. All right. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. we still got a lot more to get into. There was a time change for the tip-off to the Dayton Flyers game tomorrow afternoon. We'll talk about that. Obi Toppin, he makes his NBA preseason debut tonight. The New York Knicks against the Detroit Pistons at 7 p.m. Tip-off, wow. Obi Toppin making his NBA preseason debut. We'll get into that coming up around the corner. NFL Week 14 picks. We'll get into the Browns and Ravens. 
once again. The Steelers get one of their big weapons back, Kev. I know that'll make you happy. Uh, you'll be pouncing Two. off the walls. All right, y'all get it? You'll be yeah. pouncing off the walls. Connor pouncy and Pouncy back. Maybe you can run the ball. I for said like... weapons, so you got Pouncy back at least. I said <laughs> weapons. Well, Connor averages three and a half yards a carry as opposed to... Connor's uh, the fat, ugly rebound after you lost out on the, uh, you know, hey, Le'Veon Bell. I'm just hey, saying. Hey, hey, he's better than Snell. 29-29-31. That's the Steelers rushing uh, ranking the last What's three years. What's our record? What's our record? 11-1. and one. Okay. You just lost to Washington. Okay. I'm just saying. You lost you to Washington. To, you transit of properties? No. That's the worst division in football. The Browns beat Washington. And the Browns lost to who? The Steelers. Okay. That proves transitive properties don't exist. I mean, but you're bragging about... I'm just saying. You're bragging about beating the Browns? You're supposed yeah, to beat the Browns. Yeah, they're 9-3. are supposed to beat the Browns. Oh, so the Browns are strong when it comes to trying to defend a good win, but any other I, time it's... I, I, hey, are you worried about the Browns this week? No, it's the freaking Browns. No. Hey, you don't have any good wins this year. We beat the Browns. <laughs> you, you've never heard me say that. You may have heard other people say that, but you've never heard me say that. All right. We'll be back. We are live on 1410 Wing AM, streaming live at wingam.com. And don't forget, you can watch the show live on social media. Head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show, like the show, uh, follow along. You can also call in at 457-9464. We will be back in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. He's a former Buckeyes great and now a college football Hall of Famer. And don't forget about his 13 years... Justin Kinner, Kev Nash, welcoming you, welcoming you back here on a Friday. Happy holidays, everybody. We're excited. Like I said, to start the show, it doesn't feel like the Christmassy time of year right now. At all. I don't, know, I don't think you were on the show the day that I brought this up. Like, I think it was like the first true snow that we had this year. And I said, I, I love the first snow, maybe the second one. December, snow all you want. I can handle the cold in, the, in December. I can handle the snow in December. I, I don't mind any of that. I can handle it all. It adds to this Christmas spirit, the Christmas feel. But then come January, it's time to go. So, you can got to stop yawning. I mean, I know, my God. I know. Like, I know no, I'm I just boring ate. as I hell. I just ate. I got the What the hell does that have to You don't even eat unhealthy stuff. Like, I eat wings and fries for lunch. What did you eat? Like, a, an apple? No. Or I half have... a pear? Well, a no, pear? actually, I'll Orange hit slices. <laughs> no, I went to Ten Tropical peanuts. Smoothie. Oh, typical. Yeah, I got me Rounded a smoothie. Rounded up pears. Smoothie, and what else did I get? I got a cheese quesadilla, yeah. Oh. That's the the purpose, but okay. <laughs> got to do what you got to do. All right, uh, so coming up around the corner, we'll have more of an update as far as the tip-off change between the Dayton Flyers and Mississippi State, which was supposed to be at noon tip-off tomorrow. In fact, uh, we were supposed to have, uh, we still are, we're just waiting to finalize the details, but we will be live out at Timothy's Bar and Grill tomorrow uh, for the pregame show for the Dayton Flyers and Mississippi State, but we're just ironing out some details now that the tip-off has changed. Um, so we will have more information for you um, in regards to that coming up so it's going to be interesting here this is like this is 2020 um very you know last minute changes uh to to tip off times and sometimes you won't find out that a game's canceled till the morning of and it's just going to be one of those where you just roll with the punches a little bit um so we'll see we'll see how all of that <laughs> unfolds. Coming up around the corner, we'll get into our NFL Week 14 picks. Obi Toppin debuts in the NBA tonight. NBA preseason action. The Knicks are at the Pistons. Um, 
someone said earlier, oh, that'll be cool to watch Obi and Luke Kennard. Luke Kennard is no longer with the Detroit Pistons. Clippers. He is with the Clippers. Uh, and luckily, Luke Kennard was able to get a little bit of cash uh, from the Clippers before they gave it all to regular season George. So that's all <laughs> I got to say about that. But um, that's still an exciting. I mean, good for Luke. Oh, for sure, Good man. for Luke, man. Like, I mean, yeah. on multiple fronts. I mean, he's living in L.A. He's on a team in contention to go to the NBA Finals, playing with a great player like Kawhi Leonard. You know, good for him, man. As long as he, I mean, his style of play is perfect for today's NBA. As long as he's still that three-point yeah. threat. I mean, he's, you know, he's going to be that Kyle Korver. He's going to be, I mean, Kyle Korver's a way better NBA player. But, I mean, again, you still have Luke Kennard, who's very young, so who knows sure. what he's going to develop into. All right, so we opened up the show, four five seven nine four six four. We opened up the show uh, with reaction to Dabo Sweeney's comments regarding the Ohio State Buckeyes. Now, he never really referenced Ohio State. What I thought was cute and adorable of Dabo was he referenced Ohio State as a 6-0 and team. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was my favorite part. He goes, well, well, look, I would pick Texas A&M or Florida over a 6-0 over a and team. We all know who he was alluding to. Uh, it was on the Rich Eisen show. He was asked about, you know, his thoughts on who should be selected number four for the teams that are kind of in the hunts there. And Ohio State's a part of that, mainly, you know, not mainly, obviously they're a part of that. You know, they're in the Big Ten title game. They're a 20, 20 and a half point favorite against Northwestern. Um, they're going to take care of business. They're going to be 6-0. They're going to be Big Ten champs. I think this should be in. We all know the one thing that like, we could all agree on, they are one of the top four best teams in the country. Mm-hmm. Where the playoff gets a little dicey is that sometimes they try to convince you that it's all about the four best teams, and then the next week it's about the resumes. But then they ignore the fact that Indiana is the only other team other than Alabama that actually has three top 25 wins. So the top 25 victory parameter is, is used to justify some teams' rankings over here, but then it's ignored for Indiana and others, and they're very selective. I've always said that the College Football Playoff Committee – they have set up the perfect storm of yep. they give you a bulletin board of criteria and then they only use select criteria on given weeks. And then when you question them, well, how come you have this team over here? Well, they meet our top 25 victory standards. They meet our strength to schedule standards. Uh, you know, they meet our amount of game standards. Well, how about this team over here? They have more than that, but you have them further back. Yeah, well, their strength of schedule is here um, and they've played more road games. Now they bring up road games. How many road games you've played? So that's what I mean is they have all the answers. They could you ever have, mm-hmm. you know that individual, I'm probably that individual in most people's lives that know me, that you, they irritate the hell out of you because every time you think you catch them on something, they always seem to have the answer for it. Like, they always have an answer for you. That's the college football playoff committee. And it's annoying, because it's all BS. Like they, But, again, they're never wrong, technically, because they've given you the criteria. And every time you question a team, like a Iowa State who has two losses, what do they tell you? Well, the eye test. The eye test is my favorite. That's their get-out-of-jail-free card. The committee's never wrong. There is always enough bullet points to justify putting a team where they put them, whether it's good or bad. Indiana, there's plenty of bullet points. They have them way higher, all the way up in the top ten. They have them out of the top ten. Right. There's enough bullet points to justify putting them there, but there's also enough bullet points to justify not putting them there. Oh, well, they have a loss. They've already proven they can't beat the good teams, so that's why they're not they're, they're not in the top ten. But didn't Clemson lose to, to, to Notre Dame? Yeah, well, they didn't have other guys. So, uh, you, you know, there, there's that. So and then, well, Wisconsin, they don't – oh, no, that's, they don't have enough games in. Oh, okay. So we're just moving the, the goalposts, as people say, right? Yes, sir. So, that's what happens. All right. But 457-9464 – 
your reaction to what Dabo Sweeney had to say today about the Ohio State Buckeyes. I love it. I love when Dabo said, you know, well, let's go back to the Facebook feed here. Phil Lasseter on Facebook says it's bulletin board material for, for Coach Day and the Buckeyes. Exactly. We, I love it. I love that, that Dabo Sweeney wasn't afraid to give a non coach's answer right don't give the don't you know every time a coach speaks to the media it's usually a waste of everyone's time because it's just look we're really focusing on our team we're really focusing on getting better we're not focused on ohio state or anyone else we're focused on our team and trying to get to the playoff that's what coaches usually say um but good for Dabo for giving a truthful answer i believe Dabo truly believes that and guess what so does nick saban so does you know every other coach ryan kelly so does every other coach out there i promise you that much four five seven nine four six four let's go to uh shaw shaw you lead us off man how are you not too bad other than you guys good what's good. up man oh not a whole lot um i don't remember if you guys talked about this aspect of it and how it kind of correlates with Dabo and everything but at first, I don't have a problem with what Dabo said. It's actually nice to hear a coach speak how he thought, not what he wanted. Everybody took the generalization answer that he he give that most coaches give all the time. So it was kind of nice to actually hear an opinion for once. Two, my problem with Indiana, the argument for Indiana is this, and it kind of goes to Kev's. 100% point all the time that he goes to, we play to, we play, that's why we play the game. Well, last time I checked, Ohio State beat Indiana. So, if they already lost on the field to Ohio State, I'm not understanding the argument for why they should be in the Big Ten title game. I understand what the rule was, but let's just be perfectly honest here. Ohio State could have played anybody in the Big Ten this week lost and still went to Indianapolis. Why? Because they beat Indiana on the field. If Indiana wants to actually have a legitimate gripe with me, and I understand it's my opinion, with me, then beat Ohio State on the field. Quit with this, oh, well, we, we played more games. and but No, beat them on the field, and then you'll have it a legit argument. Yeah, but, you, 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 but you're moving the goalpost there because they're not really arguing that for say. They're arguing that, hey, the rule was you got to play six games. And Ohio State didn't play six games. And I get the whole point of we'll beat them on the field, but the bottom line is, is well, okay, they didn't. They lost by seven. They lost by possession. If there is such thing as a good loss, it's actually the most impressive loss of any team out there that's lost a game outside of Clemson to Notre Dame. But Notre, uh, Clemson, or, uh, Indiana played the right amount of games to be eligible for the Big Ten title game. Ohio State didn't. They changed the rules to benefit Ohio State, which I'm fine with because, again, I want Ohio State to get there, but I have no problem with Indiana being upset. I don't think they're necessarily saying, hey, we deserve to be there over Ohio State even though we lost. They're just saying, hey, we all voted upon this to start the season. We said it had to be at least six games, and now because the team that they were, that their money-making team is not the one that's going to get there, now all of a sudden we want to panic and change it. I could see why they're upset. You're not necessarily wrong, Shaw. I'm just saying, like, they're, I don't think they're really trying to argue that they're more deserving of being there than Ohio State. They're just trying to say that based on the rule, it's not that they're most deserving. They should be there. That's the rule. The rule states they should be the ones being there. Well, the rule before, because it's been changed now. So, yeah. I just think the Big Ten finally wants this season finally use some logic in their determination of what's going on. But Sean, what if, what if Ohio State and Indiana played? Ohio State beat Indiana, and Ohio State's or Indiana's five and one, and Ohio State's two and zero. Oh. There, there's no question. No question. It, what? So two and zero, oh, Ohio State should be in. 
No, I mean Indiana. I mean, but what's Indiana the threshold of games? Going? That's just blasphemous to consider total uh, minimum game requirement. So two games. So I keep hearing that minimum, and I'm not arguing with you for say, but the, the logic is is that the minimum game requirement was stupid. It was not stupid. It was actually very intelligent. It was very smart. You needed one in there because if not, let's say Ohio State got two games in this year. They beat Penn State and they beat Indiana, and they couldn't get any game in for the rest of the season. They're two and zero. Indiana is five and one. Their only loss being to Ohio State while they beat all the other teams that they already have, would the same would we be saying the same thing? I think we would, because we all know Ohio State's better. We would still be making the same arguments, but I don't think the Big Ten could change the rule based on Ohio State only playing two games, right? Well, that I understand that I completely agree with you and I and I get that. But I think what they all sat there and said was they could play a game this week and lose and still go to the Big Ten championship game. Mm-hmm. And I understand. I understand they're putting the risk out there. They could get a field could get hurt, or someone could get, or they're playing with the COVID protocols and understand. And I and I get all that aspect of it. And I guess I'm trying to fight fight the line on both sides of the line. And I would be ripping my butt too if I was hearing this on the other side. But I, I, my thing is, as soon as I figured out that. They could play anybody in the Big Ten this week, lose, and still go to Indianapolis. It completely changed my mind. But it, it shouldn't change your mind because the thing is, yes, they could technically based on the the you know the head-to-head, but they couldn't because the rule stated they couldn't. The rule said you didn't play enough games to go. They changed the rule. Like People are choosing what rules they want to use to fit their narrative. And again, not, and Shaw, I'm not saying you are thinking wrong here. My point is is that we are falling in the, in the trap of thinking that the rule that we want to be correct to benefit our team is the right one and all other rules are dumb. The minimum game requirement was put into place to keep a situation happening from the, from the you know, example I just set. If Ohio State's 2-0 and and one of those wins is against Indiana... Would we still be making the same arguments, Kev? Probably. It would feel even worse than it already does, to be perfectly honest. But why wouldn't they do it? Oh, because, well, they've only played two games. Well, you only played five games. Right. Indiana played six. You vote that Gene Smith, your athletic director, voted on the minimum game requirement. So I'm getting annoyed with, and I'm, it's national media, too, that keeps ripping the Big Ten for this minimum games rule. You had to have one. What if Ohio State only play, got one game in this year? What if they're 1-0 and and it's against Indiana? Oh, well, no, that, that's different. Well, how is it different? It's a minimum game, right? So are you saying that the minimum, the minimum game rule is dumb? Well, what if they only were, played two games? Oh, well, that's different. So if the minimum game rule is two. So are you mad that the minimum game is at six? Or what was the, what was the magic number that was going to keep people happy? The magic number was whatever number Ohio State needed to play to be able to play <laughs> in the Big Ten title game. It's okay to just say, hey, you know what? We're Ohio State. That's why. You know how the parent, your parents always say, but why? But why? I just can't, I don't get the logic. My mom and dad, they have no clue what they're talking about. This makes no sense. This makes no sense. The why, the why, the why, because we said so. Well, that's what we got to do here, because Ohio State said so. It's that, it's, it's that simple. Who do we got? Let's, let's go to Aaron. Aaron, thanks for holding. How are you, sir? Yeah, uh, I appreciate it. Thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Um, so uh, one thing, I guess, before I jump into the Big Ten and all that, you know, hearing Hart talk uh, on, on the radio yesterday, and you guys played it, uh, hearing Dabo, you know, at the end of the day, the, we, the, the, you know, the, everything was greased for the ACC to have this uh, this matchup with Notre Dame and Clemson the second time. They made some changes as well. Granted, not nearly on the scale that the Big Ten has just 
flubbed this whole thing. But but ultimately, there was some movement for the ACC as well on some of their things. So, you know, what's good, Dabo's always been one of those guys where he's, what's good for me is what's good for me, and that's really the bottom line. And, and, and I think that last year, the game between us, it made him, you know, he, he's not dumb. He knows that, that he's going to have one hell of a time trying to beat Ohio State this year if, if there's a semifinal between Clemson and Ohio State. And so from that aspect, he's smart because he's lobbying like he always does, like Nick Saban used to do. You know, oh, we need that. These are the teams. These are the teams. So from that perspective, you know, pipe down, Dabo, is the way I feel about that. <laughs> I like that. Pipe down, Dabo. You know, because he, he is, though. that He's been known to be that way. He's a whiner. I mean, that's, those are all pretty well-known things. And, yeah, and Saban does it for his team late. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he, you know, he'll, he'll, he'll argue a lot of things late. And – it's just annoying because we hate those teams and we hate those coaches. But ultimately, I would hope Ryan Day and Ryan. Day, to be honest, though, when we hear like when we hear Ryan Day speak out on our behalf, we're like, yeah, that's a leader. That's Ryan Day. He's speaking out for his team, and we love it. And I promise you, Clemson fans are like Ryan Day. Shut up. Who the hell are you? You haven't done anything. So there's, you know what I mean. Like we just can't stand any coach that's not our own. That, but that's what adds to the the fuel to the fire of the rivalry. And that's what's fun about it. And I really do hope that the two play in the playoff. I really do hope it ends I, I, I up in the too. playoff. You know, I really do too. That way, you know what? The talk can be done talk on the field. Let's get it done on the field. Yep. So I'm I'm for that. Now my second point is is that. The Big Ten, we all know, screwed this up. But the reason the Big Ten put a six-game limit on there is because the NCAA has no say-so in the, in the college football playoff. So they couldn't dictate whether or not six games, seven games, or any of that was the case. The Big Ten punted on the beginning of the season. Then when all of a sudden it was, hey, we're going to play, all the national pundits began talking, well, what's the minimum? What's the minimum you, you should be able to play to get into the college football playoff? Had there been an actual governing body that sat down and said, mm-hmm. this is it, and that's what you've got to do, then that's the way it would have been. But they didn't, and they allowed all these conferences to do what they wanted to do, what they saw fit, and it left the Big Ten in a spot where it said, well, we, we know we've got at least one team good enough to get into the playoff, maybe two when Wisconsin was you know, overrated. Um, but, you know, ultimately, that was the situation the Big Ten was left in. So... To me, you know, as much as everyone says the Big Ten is the Big Ten, this is just another example of where the NCAA is garbage. And the only thing they truly care about is how much money is going to get put in my pocket. Same as the Big Ten, which is why they made this move, how much money is going to get put in our pockets. And, you know, it's just another gross example of how college athletics is not about and winning one for the Gipper, it's, it's, you know, how many butts can we put in the seats and how many yeah, it's all it, It's about the money at the end. And, and, Aaron, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. And I definitely agree with your take on that, especially the NCAA. The NCAA passed the buck on this because the NCAA is like, well, do we really need to pull all of our hair out and come up with an idea for how all these teams are going to play? Or we'll just let the, the all the individual governing bodies come up with their own rules they'll figure it out because guess what folks the ncaa they're going to make money off that that final four right so that's all that matters so at the end of the day for them it's like well we didn't have to do they're like the, they're going to get an a plus on their final project and they didn't help at all so <laughs> they, they be, they're the ones that don't show up to class for the group project all semester long and then they show up on finals day and then they get the a 
That's Good what job, the, guys. That's what the NCAA is doing. They're not going to help at all in regards to you know developing testing plans, developing safety protocol, developing game day uh, you know personnel as far as protocols concerned. They're not going to help out at all. They want everyone to go through the hell that all these conferences have gone through to try to get through this season, and then on the selection Sunday, here's your final four, here's your college football playoff, here's your national champion. There's going to be the NCAA right there. Look what we did. Look what we, we made did. it through, guys. I hate that guy. I hate that guy. And that's the NCAA. Aaron, that's a great point. All right, folks, we appreciate you listening and hanging out with us here. We're going to take another breather. For those of you that believed ESPN was always anti-Ohio State before because they were in bed with the SEC, well, Ohio State doesn't stand a chance then moving forward. The SEC had a huge announcement regarding ESPN yesterday as we were closing out the show. We'll discuss what that change is for the SEC and ESPN. ESPN moving forward. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kevin Nash next. Show live here on ESPN Dayton. Yesterday's Marty Brenneman commemorative microphone Hall of Fame induction giveaway that we did. Uh, congratulations to Eric Curtis once again. And so yesterday what we did was is we had everyone who was listening go to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show. He had to like the show page and as share the live video feed. And everyone that did that was automatically enrolled to potentially be drawn to win a Marty Burnham commemorative microphone. Well, we have another one, and we're going to do it again. So head to Facebook. All right, head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show. You must like the page and then share the live video feed. That's how you become eligible to win it. If you did, if you enrolled yesterday, it's fine. You're automatically going to be put into the random drawing. So all you got to do is make sure that you are sharing. But, yes, Eric Curtis, I appreciate you listening. I appreciate you uh, liking the show page and sharing the live video feed. And uh, Eric's going to be getting this commemorative microphone signed by Marty Brenneman. We do have another one. And that's what we're doing now. So if you're listening, head to Facebook, search The Justin Kinner Show. Share the live video feed. Make sure you like the page, of course. You know, that's always what you have to do. So go do that. Go do it right now. Right now, I tell you, it's either something that you keep for yourself or it would be a really cool Christmas gift for someone right around uh-huh. here. So there's that. All right. The Justin Kinner Show, Hour 2. Shout out, of course, to our uh, friend over at Milano's, Larry. I thought he was mad at me the other day. See, this is the problem. I love Larry, but he likes, like, he, he gets mad at me because... I beat up on his Bengals too much, and I, I'm not the like I'm not the most like rah rah Buckeye guy out there. Like I, I try to keep it down the middle a little bit. I don't fall into that fanatic range where I'm like Ohio State's always right and everyone else is always wrong. So I so I anger a lot of people, and I could tell he can forgive. I, so I've learned something about Larry is I could beat up on his Bengals, and he's pretty realistic about the Bengals. He he you know he's like man, I wish you would stop, but I, it's kind of hard to 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 you know to defend the Bengals. I could tell I irk him on Facebook about Ohio State. Like, that's where he draws the line, and I totally respect that, and I love that passion, and I love him even more because he brings us Milano's every <laughs> week, and he brought us some, some, Italian, uh, some Italian garlic bread with pepperoni on it. How about that? Nice. So you some buffalo wings, the hot barbecue, hot barbecue uh, buffalo wings, and a ham grinder, by the way. That's mine, just so you know. I wanted the wings anyway. You can have no. I want at least one of the wings. But I'm telling you right now, what I love about their menu is, if you want pizza, they have pizza. If you want wings, they have wings. They have subs. They have absolutely everything you could think of out there. So I'm telling you right now, that's the place to go when you are well thinking about dinner plans for tonight. So make Milano's your dinner time stop here tonight when you're thinking about what to get the family for supper. Do you call it supper or dinner? Dinner. 
<laughs> supper. I know some people. Yeah, I'm like, what's for supper? I'm like, what's supper? Ooh. What's supper? Huh? I know a lot like of people. The 1940s. No, but I know a lot of people. I leave too, it a beaver. But some people call lunch dinner huh? and dinner supper. Wait, huh? This is all news to me. It's also Kev's one of those narrow-minded folks who you know if if it ain't done his way, it's just wrong. It's, no, no, no. I just I don't you never just hate those that. people. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Some people call lunch dinner. Yeah. I've never heard that yep. ever in my life. Now I'm from Hee Haw Country Town, about you know two hours north. Yeah, those so, are your words. So I'm just saying, like everything's done differently over there. So I'm just saying, like that could be what it is. I don't know. Just saying. I'm googling that right Google now. Google it. We we need our Alexa in here because nope. Is Alexa smart enough to answer questions like that, or is that only a Google thing? Uh, that's a Google machine thing. Or hey Siri. No. Hey Siri. By the way, I like doing that every once in a while because I'll be listening to the radio. If someone says Siri, my phone will go off. So I yes. like doing that because if people are in their car or something, I'm hoping to make their phone. Hey, Siri. <laughs> hey, Siri. Hey, Siri. I'm hoping I'm making some of your phones go off right now because that is the funniest thing with that. <laughs> oh, that's my that's iPad. That's your phone. That's my iPad. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Stop talking. Okay. Anyways, where are we going with this? My ADDs. Let's go back to the phones. They'll they'll regather us here. Four five seven nine four six four. Let's go to Reggie. Reggie, how are you? Go Browns. Go Browns. Go. Look, listen to that. There's a big difference in the excitement in your voice here in week fourteen than just even six weeks ago. Good for you, Reggie. I'm happy for yeah. you. Yeah. So my thing is, what I'm calling about is basically with the whole Ohio State, you know, type debacle. If you you look at it in hindsight, that yeah they changed the rule for them and everything. Yeah, Indiana is kind of you know pissed about it, but yeah, but you look at how State could have gotten another game this week, but you know they didn't want to shuffle the schedule around of trying to get them. You know, that sixth game, because they could have easily done that. They could have had a sixth game this week. And they did, They decided not to shuffle the schedule around. You know, of course, they wasn't going to do Ohio, Ohio State-Indiana 2 because they already played. Um, so they could have easily had them make up the Maryland game. They could have shuffled them around, whoever Maryland was playing. They could have shuffled them around and had them play um, Ohio State easily enough. But the the whole high aspect of it is yes, it's about having getting Ohio State in, but you look at it the conference is more looking more of a hindsight for the playoff. That's what they're looking at. Because Right now, they see, okay, Ohio State's four, but there's a possibility they could end up being three or even two. Depending on the situation uh, with champ- championship weekend. Because who look at it? Now, this is, who look at it? And I said this a couple times on Facebook, and neither one of y'all even asked me this. What if Clemson Have. is up with two losses? They're out. You know, but here's the here's the, here's the funny thing. Since since you know, Clemson seems to be their team, old buddy, buddy. 
They might say, oh, we'll just go ahead and keep Clemson in. They can end up being number four. Why, why, why do you say that they're being all buddy? buddy like, I, I, I don't get that. Like Clemson's legit. The committee, like, Clemson's the really committee good. Themselves, huh? The committee themselves will do that. They will find a way to keep Dabo happy. And if they find a way to keep Dabo happy, I think they've earned that. I mean, they've won how many national titles in the last five years? Now, I don't believe that that's going to be the case. Like, Clemson's legit. They're lost. They have a legit reason why they lost. Uh, but if they lose a second time, Reggie, they're not getting in. I, the committee has never shown a favor to two lost teams in the history of the playoff, and it's even in its infancy stages. So um, I don't think that they would bend the rule. to, to I, Not really a rule, but I don't think that they would. They're not going to reward Clemson with a second loss and let them in. I just don't see that happening. I mean, now you okay. can, and that's fair. That's you. you oh, know. No, 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 no. I wouldn't. I feel like <laughs> shit. I feel like if they lose, I think he. I think you know you had every right to do it. I think he said it. And uh, I think those on Facebook, if you're listening on the stream, you know it doesn't cut out. But uh, LSU did not have two losses. A, a two-loss team has never made the playoff. No, that was in the BCS era that LSU had two losses. That, what, the, but Chris, come on now. Why would you bring up something that had nothing to do with the college football playoff? We're talking about the the, the playoff. The the committee has never led a two-loss team uh, in, in, in the playoff. Now, I mean, okay, to be fair to Chris, though, the fact that they let a two-loss team all the way advanced to a national championship game without right. having to go through a playoff. Was that enough there to maybe think that they would do it come playoff time? I I don't see that. Well, that, you got fair, Chris. The, that's my bad. Fair enough. Remember okay. in the BCS era, that's those are computer polls, and I think something that we always forget when Grant that was like I want to say almost ten, fifteen years ago by now that that happened, but we kind of like forget how the dominoes fall for that type of situation to happen. You know, certain things have to happen. I remember late season things. Yeah. Like late stuff season you don't things. Like yeah. I went to the Ohio state Michigan game. Um, when, uh, the year that they end up playing LSU in the national championship game. I remember going to that game, uh, cause Ohio state had lost, uh, to Illinois, I believe that season. And um, everybody was gearing up to go to the Rose Bowl. I remember after the game, it was a rainy, soggy game. Uh, Beanie had like almost 200 yards rushing. And after the game, hey, we're going to the Rose Bowl. They're passing out roses. The final week played itself out. And boom, Ohio State's the number one team in the country because so many dominoes have fell. And other dominoes fell, especially in the SEC, catapulting LSU into the SEC championship game, which they end up winning, which bumped them all the way up to number two. So I think we have revisionist history when it comes to, like, looking at the past. Like, yo, we forget, like, certain things had to happen. Like, the season plays out. Like, I keep talking about, like, this season is going to play out, and we're going to see how the, the dominoes fall. Like, I keep saying, like, well, if Alabama wins and Notre Dame wins and Ohio State wins, who's going to get that fourth spot? And then 10 years from today, if, you know, I don't know, Clemson gets in that fourth spot, we'll forget that, like, oh, yeah, Texas A&M, they lost their last game of the season. Oh, yeah, uh, UC lost to Tulsa in their conference championship game. That's why Clemson got into the game. We'll only worry about what the actual result was. So we have to always remember what happened to lead to those things. Yeah, and for there was a stretch where we said there's just no way that the committee will let a non-conference champion in, and we've seen it happen twice. Um, 
you know, with Notre Dame, who doesn't even have a conference champion, and of course Ohio State being the other team that has been let in. And now, once that narrative was debunked and, and proven that the committee will make exceptions for the next one that we're discussing now is when will we ever see, not that I'm fighting for it, I don't really want to see a two-loss team get in, but let's be clear, when we say, oh, they let a two-loss team in that year, keep everything is situational. Um, a two-loss team, if they ever make a four-team college football playoff, it's going to be because, and it could be this year, mainly because we, you know, let's say... Okay, Alabama beats Florida, mm-hmm. and let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson. All right, that's Notre Dame and Alabama's in for sure. You would think Ohio State's in for sure. Now, who gets that fourth spot? Mm-hmm. Is it a one loss Mississippi or Mississippi? I'm sorry, is it a one loss Texas A&M team? Right? Like, I mean, it, do you finally just cave and give Cincinnati the, the the pity party invite? Do you give them a pity party invite? Because let's be clear, Bearcats fans, you may not like this to hear this, but if, I think if that scenario presents itself, Kev, like let's say that Ohio State gets – or I'm sorry, let's say that Alabama beats Florida, which I don't think that's really a hot take. I think that is very realistic. Mm-hmm. Um, let's say Notre Dame beats Clemson, and they're totally out. I think this is the year where the committee says, look, we have to put Cincinnati in. I mean, yes, we probably – could put a two-loss Clemson team back in the playoff. We probably could put a two-loss Florida team, and we could probably put a non-SEC champion Texas A&M in. But I think we need to put Cincinnati in. So that way, moving forward, we know we're never going to do it again moving forward, but at least this is the year we could check it off and say, oh, no, you can't say that we don't show favor to the small teams. We put them in that year. Like, that's what Cincinnati has that going for them, where they might get the pity party invite. And it may sound like I'm trolling them, but I'm not. I think that's just the reality of it. You have to admit to yourself deep down, even if you're a big Bearcat fan, if they get invited, it will be a pity party invite because I think that the committee will use that moving forward to say, hey, you can't say we don't you know, help the the small guys. We let Cincinnati in the playoff last year, right? Like, I'm just saying like this would be this will be the pity party year for Cincinnati if they get the invite, if that opportunity presents itself. So we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> it's a shame we've been doing this show that long that I knew you were about to say that. This was the, by the way, this was the 2007 season that I'm talking about with LSU won the national championship. And I remember this year vividly because it was the year of the curse of number two. Uh, the last five weeks of the season, the number two team lost every single week, uh, starting with Stanford beating USC, Oregon State beating Cal. Rutgers beating uh, South Florida, Florida State beating number two Boston College, uh, Arizona beating number two Oregon. See, like these dominoes just started falling, and yep. that's how these teams catapult. Like if somebody's in little, chaos, yeah, like, these things happen. They just don't happen because they want them to. The games play out. That's what makes college football so great, and that's what makes this season so unique. We're not seeing those upsets because one, it's a COVID year. People are totally checked out. Guys are opting out. Coaches are opting out. You know what I'm saying? So I don't foresee a uh, like we have one last regular season going on in the SEC. I don't foresee upsets happening. Like I see the only things that's going to happen is we're going to get our mapped out conference championship game that we have with Alabama and Florida next week. Your ACC championship game with LSU, with Notre Dame and Clemson, and obviously the that Big Ten finale with Ohio State. In Northwestern, I really see all the favorite teams winning, to be perfectly honest, outside of Notre Dame and Clemson. I really think Notre Dame's going to win that game. How ironic is it, by the way, that Notre Dame, for them to secure a spot in the playoff, <laughs> it, that it comes down to winning a conference championship? You know, it's it's funny how this year, all of a sudden, we're going to say, oh, you know, it was a conference championship that got Notre Dame into the college football playoff. Like, 
you know, they could lose, but then that would be twice that Notre Dame makes it without winning a conference championship at the same time. Like, they can't just, they have to, if they, I mean, they're not in regardless. Like, they have to lose. If they're going to lose, it needs to be close. Yeah, and I don't think If Clemson covers it. the 10-point spread, by the way, they shouldn't get in. I believe it needs to be one possession. If Notre Dame really? can lose by a possession, you're in. But if, I, I think 10 or more, nope. Wow. They've been number two all season. And? <laughs> then who gets that fourth spot? Like we're, I mean, so you're saying what? So 14 points, 17. What, what point? I, uh, what point uh, differential does it become? Okay, you're not a top 14. I really think it's the committee has to watch the game. Like if Clemson is up seven um, on the last drive and Notre Dame's trying to score to tie the game up and they throw a pick six with zeros on the clock, they lost by 14. That's not the same as oh man, Clemson was up 42 to 10 and Notre Dame just rallied and scored a whole bunch of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Those are two totally different 14-point losses. You know what I'm saying? So I think you actually have to watch the game and see how the game plays out. All right, let's go to the phones. Charlie, thanks for holding. Charlie. Charlie will call back, I'm sure, whenever I bring up Baker Mayfield here in a little bit. No, that was Charles. That was Charles. That wasn't the Charles. Charles. Oh, well, Charles. Charlie. (laughs) Shout out to Charlie. Look at that. He'll be calling in a second now. All right, everybody. It's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash. So tonight, OB Toppin will be making his NBA preseason debut. You'll have the New York Knicks and the Detroit Pistons, 7 o'clock, the tip-off. And I'm pretty excited for that. This is the most excited for a preseason game I've been and for quite some time, uh, and that'll be tonight at 7 o'clock, so keep that in mind. Now, what also happened was the NBA put out their top 10 NBA player list of the season. Now, you made your top 10 list. Indeed. I made my top 10 list. We'll get to that. We got our NFL picks around the corner for week 14. Make sure you get your picks submitted at wingam.com for the uh, Pro Football NFL Pick'em Challenge presented by Frickers. So go get your picks submitted right now. Again, $25 in Frickers Fun Bucks awarded to the weekly round winners. Even if you haven't submitted picks in weeks past, this is new to you. That's fine. Go to wingam.com. It is free to register. Submit your picks. I mean, the only thing that you have to spend is, well, just a few moments of your time to get your picks submitted. If you win, you get $25 in Fricker's bucks. So it is that simple. We'll be back in a moment. Don't go anywhere. More of the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash when we come back. Hey everybody, it's Stephen A. Smith and everyone knows my feelings on Cowboys fans. But really, Justin Kinner, you're a Cowboys fan? Justin Kinner, Kev Nash. It is the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash on Dayton's ESPN radio station, 1410 Wing AM. As I mentioned, the NBA preseason officially tips off tonight. Now you're probably saying, who cares? I think that there's a lot of people that now care about the NBA more so this year than they have in years past, mainly because Dayton's own Obi Toppin is making his debut in the NBA tonight, his preseason debut with the New York Knicks. The Knicks are taking on the Detroit Pistons. 7 o'clock will be the tip-off. And again, we were uh, talking the other day, Kev, that ESPN had put out their top 10 
NBA list. And of course, it led to a lot of chatter back and forth and, and you know, about the top 10 players in the NBA today. So you and I made our own list. You made the, the Kev Nash top 10 and I made my own top 10. And I know you are just going to absolutely destroy it. So that's why I'm like, you know, stalling uh, on putting mine out there. But we'll hit the music and we're going to go ahead and start with the Kev Nash NBA top 10. Again, we're live on Facebook. Go to Facebook, by the way, because what we have in our hands right here is a Marty Brenneman autographed commemorative microphone, again, honoring his Hall of Fame induction, which was supposed to be this past summer, moved to next summer, of course, uh, will be inducted to the Cincinnati Reds Hall of Fame, but they had a commemorative microphone made uh, that they were going to give out at the ballpark this year, but obviously with all the changes, they have a lot of microphones uh, on their hands <laughs> that they'll be using for promotional giveaways moving forward. But we have an extra one. You can win this by heading to win, or heading to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show page, like the page, and share the live video feed. That's it. The second you do that, your name will automatically uh, be listed for us to be able at random to select a name to win one. Uh, our winner from yesterday's show was Eric Curtis. He won one of these, and uh, well, we have an extra one. So head to Facebook, search the Justin Kinner Show, like the page, share the live video feed. That's all you got to do. And then sit back and watch and have fun. So the NBA Top 10 list, Kev Nash, you go first. Your Top 10 and the NBA today. I'm going to start different. I'm going to go from number one to number 10 instead of 10 to one because I think everybody knows who the best player at the NBA is today, right? Yeah, the best of all time. You just had to say that. You just can't. I, I spit can't, facts. You can't accept the fact that I was just giving Brian. It's funny you say facts. <laughs> Obviously, LeBron James is the best basketball player in the world right now. You know, he's number one. His teammate, Anthony Davis, I'll give him number two, even though he had a couple games in the NBA Finals where I was looking at him suspect. But I will give him number two. He is a champion. Got to give him his respect. Uh, number three, Kevin Durant. Used to be the number two best basketball player in the world. Um, everyone is questioning how he's going to come back from that injury to his Achilles. Look, Kevin Durant was never an explosive athlete. He wasn't Allen Iverson. He wasn't LeBron James. He wasn't D-Wade. He's a skillful technician. He's a seven-foot guard, basically, who can shoot from anywhere, skillful player. He's not going to lose those skills. So KD is coming in at number three. Then I got at number four, Kawhi Leonard. He's a very versatile player, not only on the offensive end, but on the defensive end. He's known as the claw. He's a great defensive player. He's one of the only NBA players in the league that can slow down Giannis. So if you can slow down Giannis, you're doing something for me. Obviously had a horrible end to a season with the Clippers, but he's still number four, two-time champion. Number five, probably the best shooter I've ever seen in my life, Steph Curry. Um, he's got a lot on his shoulders this year. He's without his running mate, Clay Thompson, this year. So a lot is going to be left on young Steph, but I think he's up to the challenge. Look for a great year from Steph. Look for him. I'm saying he's going to average at least 32 points a game this year. I think he's going to be jacking up tons of shots. Uh, number six for me. I'm not like a big, huge fan of this guy. Uh, basketball, he, of course, he's a great basketball player, but a lot of people rank him so high. Giannis. Giannis is very good, but he has so many holes in his game outside of the fact, you know, the jump shot. That's the go-to thing that people talk about, but the thing that I really question Giannis with is his commitment to make his teammates better. Um, he makes his teammates better because he passes the ball because he's smart, but actually setting them up. Like LeBron sets his teammates up. Giannis sets them up because if they don't collapse on him, he's going to dunk the ball. So he passes it. It's not the same thing. 
he's passing out of necessity. But I respect his game, so I got him coming in at number six. Number seven, going all the way out to the Rocky Mountains in Denver, Colorado, the Joker, Jokic. He's a great basketball player. You look at him, you don't see basketball player. You maybe see uh, offensive tackle. But guess what? He can play the game of basketball. He's very skillful. Not only can shoot the ball, pass the ball. He's one of the best passers in the NBA. I really rock with Joker. Number eight, my guy, Damian Lillard. Damn time. I mean, we've seen it. He's has the most uh, clutch shots in the NBA over the last five years. Uh, he sent Russ and Paul George packing. Uh, he was outstanding in the NBA bubble to get his team into the playoffs last year. Real big Dame Lillard fan. Number nine for me, Jimmy Butler. Led his team to the NBA Finals this year. Um, I was talking to A. Dizzle about this. If you look at it, he battled LeBron step for step. Best regular the best the regular season player. <laughs> I, I don't. I I totally disagree with that. Uh, you know, but that's been, the, like this isn't even an opinion. That's a fact. Every year we do this. I don't think that the the best player necessarily always has the best season. But James Harden was the best player that year. Won MVP. Yeah. Next year, just as good. Doesn't win MVP. But Why? there's other players that play. But like examples. Yeah, I mean, I mean, there's a lot of players that play. There's five that start for each team. Then there's a bench. <laughs> then there's the G League players, of course. No, what I'm saying is what other players are playing too, and other players have better seasons. Like you can reward Russ for having an outstanding season where he averaged a triple double and he got his team into the playoffs. Where after Kevin Durant left and went to the Golden State Warriors, nobody expected them to be in that position to make it to the playoffs. They made it to the playoffs. He had an outstanding season, but then the following year, all right, Giannis. Played better. Giannis had a better season than him. How do you have play better? Russell Westbrook still averaging close to a triple double. Five years ago, if you had a triple double, you were a god. You average a triple double, God looked up to you. <laughs> he averages a triple double now, and what do we say? Well, triple double. I mean, he's just padding stats. It's just, it's not. I mean, it's Russell Westbrook. I mean, but we we do this all the time. The triple double thing was new. It was cool. Now it's boring. We go on to the next thing. Giannis Antetokounmpo, he's built like a freak. That's why they call him the Greek freak. No no one in the league looks like him. No one's built like him. Um, the last time we saw a player kind of similar to him was young, skinny Orlando Magic Shaquille O'Neal. And then he turned into the, the big diesel guy. I don't anticipate Giannis turning into that, but he is getting bigger each year. So he, he's interesting. But now that we figured it out, and he's going to be the same guy every year, Who's to, he's going to have another great year this year. He's not winning an MVP, and it won't mean that he's worse than what he was a year ago or the year before that. It's because we're falling in love with Luka, and Luka will win it because he's just new and interesting. We do this all the time. I brought up Steve Nash. He won back-to-back MVPs. Go look at that year after he won his second MVP. His numbers were better than the first and yeah, second Yeah, his personal year. numbers can be better, but another person not, can have a better season. That's not true. I mean, How? yes, it's not true. Because you are... That, stop. That's bull. And you know it. How? Because we get bored. It's the same damn season. How was that season? You mean to tell me that a triple-double, which was untouchable for over... Th- how many? 60 years? No, I was like... Yeah, whatever. It don't matter. So however long it was for Russell Westbrook, he does it again the next year. And someone else had it. You can't have a better season than someone who's literally dominating and averaging double digits in points and rebounds and assists and averaging three to four steals a game. You can't have a better season than that. But because we're bored with Westbrook, we pick somebody else. Who's your top ten? 
Because mm-hmm. we'll go around the bush about this. Yeah, it sucks being wrong all the time for you, done it. I mean, I can't. I don't know what it's like to be Kevin. I Nash can't wait this. to hear this. Uh, my top ten again. That was Kevin. One more time, Kev Nash's top ten. LeBron James one, Anthony Davis two, Kevin Durant at number three. He has uh, Kawhi. I'm too tired to play. Evernat Leonard at four. <laughs> Steph Curry at five. I'm a big Steph Curry fan. Giannis is interesting until the season starts at number six, and I'm a big Giannis fan. I'm just talking about national narrative. Uh, Nikola Jokic. I'm horrible at names. I hope I did that right, but I know who Jokic is. Number seven, Dame Lillard. Dame, what time is it? Oh, I always show up when it's too late, Dame Lillard. Number what are you eight, talking about? They Jimmy. went to the Western Conference Finals. They knocked out your precious Russell Westbrook and Paul George. I would again what a f- better 50, team. Portland had a better no, team. They didn't. Yes, they no, did. They didn't. Yes, they no, did. They, didn't. they got healthy. They weren't the same. They, no, they for didn't. one, that, they were one no, of the teams didn't. that benefited no, that's from not, that's, the rule change. So I don't want to hear that. No, no, they no, didn't. no, 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 no. no two years. Said, I'm talking about two years ago. Two years ago. Two years ago. Okay. Before Rona, when they knocked them out the playoffs with I'll, a 50, 50 footer bomb. So also a few years ago, the Boston Celtics were in the Eastern Conference Finals, and no one looked at them and said, "Oh man, they're so close." There was still a huge gap between them and the Cleveland Cavaliers in the Eastern Conference Finals with LeBron. James. So you had Dame Willard at number eight, Jimmy Butler at number nine, and Luca about to be your MVP. Donk it's just because he's interesting. I don't know that. I don't know that. We all know that. We all, oh, we all know that. It's either LeBron MVP or Luca. Uh, <laughs> that, that those are your only MVPs this year. And it's not a shot at Giannis, but people are going to be bored with Giannis at this point. So on to my top ten. <laughs> I don't know why you're laughing. It's not even that crazy of a top ten. Oh, I'm here for it. LeBron James. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know, just so people can see this, I want to make sure it's, you know, there we go. It's right there. You're watching it live on Facebook. Oh, Take a look, look at, at the you, top ten. graphic, man. So, yeah. I mean, can you see the graphic? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. I actually was going to ask you to make it larger. Okay. That's what she yeah. said. Okay, so oh. now on to my top ten. LeBron James I have coming in at number one. Chris already taking shots, saying, is Brady your number one NFL player? You know, LeBron's still the best player in the game today, like not even close, Chris. I, I don't know why you're still uh, – he's a Bulls guy. He's a Michael Jordan guy. That's why. All right, so LeBron James, who just won an NBA title with his third straight team, by the way. Um, number one. Kevin Durant I still have at number two because before that injury last year, there's no doubt that he's the second best player in the NBA, in my opinion. My problem with it, I get why the injury is going to be why a lot of people are going to question and maybe move him back. I think he's going to take it over. Um you know, take over that number two spot. Kevin, his next stage now is just proving that he's the number two by being able to lead a team to the finals. I think that's very important for him. If he could win one more NBA championship with outside of his time with the Warriors, he he will have no more doubters after that. But like LeBron had to go through that too, where he needed that Cleveland win, that title, to kind of shut a lot of the haters up from because everyone tried to discredit everything he did with the Heat. By winning it with Cleveland, it was like, okay, I didn't have to go to Miami to win titles. Clearly, I can win Cleveland of all cities. Cleveland, I can win here. And then, oh, yeah, he goes to a third team, does it, but that's a conversation for later. So, Kevin Durant at number two. I have Anthony Davis at number three. Giannis Antetokounmpo coming in at number four. I have James Harden at number five. Do you even have James Harden in your no, top ten? I have not. James Harden. How, do you, how can you not have him in your top ten? How can you have not have him in your top ten? What is what 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 doesn't make him a top ten player in today's NBA? His performances in the playoffs. Oh, we're talking about regular season. Yeah, the, the, you know, you're talking about MVP. MVP is a regular season war. A basketball player plays in the regular season and postseason. His postseason performance. James Harden averages are, 26 a game in the postseason. I'd say that's fine. And that is uh, minus eight from what he averages in the regular Everyone's season. Everyone's numbers drop in the playoffs. No, that's not Def- true. Defenses pick up in the That's playoffs. not true. Well, if you're going to talk about LeBron's numbers, who usually Allen Iverson's 
points increased in the East. Michael Jordan's points increased. Mm-hmm. LeBron James' points increased. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Wade's points increased in the playoffs. Dwayne had LeBron. Michael had he Pippen. Played, Iverson he, didn't win a he title. Won a championship. He won a championship without LeBron. And then his point, D-Wade, his points increased. Yeah, check Giannis. Imagine Giannis and James Harden on the same team together. You wouldn't have Giannis initiating the offense. You have Giannis as the finisher. So I, 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 James Harden is a great basketball player. There's no doubt about it. Just because I don't have him in my top ten doesn't think don't get it twisted like he's not a great player. I think if you put him in a different spot with a different organization with a different player like a finisher like of that size of Ben Simmons and Giannis, you better watch out. Uh, Chris on Facebook says, I'm old school. I can't stand ring chasers. LeBron has one title that he didn't form the complete team. This is my this is my biggest pet peeve. Like everyone's a ring chaser. That's all anyone does is set themselves up to win rings. That's why we play the game. Let's be clear. Michael Jordan wasn't a ring chaser. Right. He didn't have to technically chase it. He had it. And if he didn't have it, if Krause and those guys didn't draft Pippen, if they didn't go out and get guys like you, you, you know, go out and get Rodman and them, if the Bulls weren't winning titles, do you? Michael Jordan, the most ultimate competitor in the history of all professional sports, not just basketball. There's ne- there has never been a competitor to the level that we have seen of Michael Jordan psychopath. in any sport. He's a psychopath, folks. Do you really think? I mean, he punched Steve Kerr. If if Kraus and those guys didn't get him. Rodman, if they didn't draft Pippen, if they didn't provide him those weapons, he would have punched them <laughs> on the way out to his new team where he would have gone. That's my biggest thing is, like, I'm not trying to get into the L- LeBron-Michael thing, but the, the ring-chasing comment drives me nuts because that's what everyone in the history of sports does. Like, Dirk Nowitzki, okay? Do we really put Dirk Nowitzki in the same category as the LeBrons and the like? Dirk, there's there's always that second tier of guys of star players that are capable. I put Dirk in that second tier, not an uber competitor like we're talking. But Michael Jordan did not have to go anywhere else. That's why he didn't go anywhere else. If they didn't draft, if the Bulls didn't draft well, if they didn't go out and get players, the proper players to put around him, he would have left too. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind about it. So LeBron, look at what we've been through this before. Look what Cleveland provided him. The first seven years he was in the league. He he signed an extension, his rookie extension. He stayed a full seven years. After he signed that rookie extension, after taking them to the finals in his first rookie contract, you would think that they would do everything they can to make the rosters better each year. They got an old Ben Wallace. All right. They got they did get Antoine Jameson, but they got like a 40-year-old Shaquille O'Neal. Like Ben Wall people forget Ben Wallace played with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Like they didn't do their part. The Cavs didn't do for LeBron what the Bulls did for MJ. I will, so of course I, will say this, I will say this about the Cavs, though, and people are going to take this the wrong way. I'm sorry, but it's the truth. I, it's my hometown. I don't care. Look, man, the NBA and NFL are two totally different animals. In the NFL, a free agent will go to the worst team in the NFL because they're willing to pay them. Because their life expectancy and their career are way shorter. In the NBA, the stars run the league. And soon the stars also pick their destinations. And star players want to play in quote-unquote big markets, in cool cities. New York is a cool city. Los Angeles is a cool city. Miami is a cool city. Look, man, it's my hometown, Cleveland, Ohio, 216. I got a tattoo of it on my body, for goodness sakes. It's not a cool city that it's a destination place. It is proven that 
if people do a small amount of research about LeBron James' first tenure with the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James tried to get not only Amari Stoudemire, Amari Stoudemire turned down the Cleveland Cavaliers and went to the New York Knicks. The New York Knicks were terrible. The Cavs were winning the East. He chose to go to New York Knicks because it's in New York. Chris Bosh chose to go to Miami when they were all free agents at the same time. LeBron did not want to go to Miami. He was like, look, I'm trying to get Chris Bosh to come here. Bosh was like, nah, I'm not coming to Cleveland. I'll go to Miami, though, which left him with nobody to come to him. Look, it's not about LeBron James ring chasing. If I, I honestly believe LeBron James had every intention on staying with the Cleveland Cavaliers if he could get people to come Agreed. to the Cavs. Those three and were going to pair up no yeah. matter what. It was just a matter of where. Yeah. You and, know? And, 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 and not to cut you off, but you, you when, off. when LeBron left the Cavs the second time, it's miraculous. Now everybody's coming to LeBron James. No, no, no. Has nothing to do with playing with LeBron. Has everything to do with, <laughs> oh, I get to play with LeBron James on the Los Angeles, Los Angeles Lakers. That's not a secret. That's not a that's not a big known thing. Like that's it's obvious. It's obvious. Like yeah, he's a great basketball player, but and eh, I, I can I, I'll try to I'll go to New York instead. No, it's because they don't want to live in Cleveland. It's as simple as that. It's New York versus Cleveland, Los Angeles versus Cleveland. Like all these dudes went other places. They just didn't want to come to the Cavs or Cleveland. It don't have nothing to do with the Cleveland Cavaliers. It has everything to do with the city. NBA is ruled by star players wanting to play in quote-unquote cool cities. Yeah, the, the term ring chaser has a negative connotation to it, but let's be clear. If you're not a ring chaser, if you are not pursuing a ring, I question your competitiveness level. We've talked about that. Carmelo Anthony had opportunities to force trades and opportunities to go play for winners. He chose to go to New York to chase money. He got labeled for that. Like In his defense, though, Carmelo believed he could accomplish both. Carmelo believed and he was a good enough player to feel that way. Yeah, he thought he, felt he could, he could he go make his play. money and yep. trade a winner in the East. Yeah, and, and team up with Amari Stoudemire. That's what his thought was like well shoot he was gonna go to yep. cleveland but he went to new york i can go to new york and team up with him like he was lebron was trying to team up with him and boom we got it wrong his knees blew out so yeah so that's why i might but the narrative was is that he was yeah money for the money and that's why i always laugh we get we I, and I, we did this topic a while back i'm like what do fans really want out of their athletes because we get mad if they chase money and then when they don't chase we want our we want our athletes to care about winning and then when our athletes care about winning like LeBron and goes to Miami to win rings or Kevin Durant goes to the Warriors to win rings those guys are following our rules uh, we as fans have set the precedent that you need to win championships to be relevant and if you don't win championships you're not relevant Kevin Durant was starting to panic he spent nine years with the Oklahoma City Thunder right. he's not new to the league folks like he's over a decade in like he's closer to retirement yeah, year than, 14 yeah. like we act like Kevin Durant's new to the scene he's actually closer to the back end of his career than he is the beginning he gave nine years to the Thunder before initially leaving and going to the Warriors and that's why I didn't I wasn't mad that he left the Thunder I was annoyed that he went to the Warriors, for say, but that's a conversation for later. But these guys feel the pressure. They panic. LeBron was feeling the pressure. He was the chosen one. He was the, the I and mean, he was already the face of the NBA without winning a title, but he was feeling the pressure of having to win a title. That's why he went to Miami. You, the fans, forced him to Miami because we said you had to win. And I promise you, folks, I promise you, Michael Jordan would have chased rings. If the bull, like, give the Bulls credit, they did that. Now, um, someone brought up a good point. Where did Schrodi's thing go? Schrodi said the Cavs did try 
they, they did try. Go read the stories. They tried to make trades, but LeBron was holding them hostage. Okay. LeBron intervened and was trying to make decisions. Bad ownership lets the player try to make decisions. Folks, Michael Jordan should have been the most powerful athlete of them all. Michael Jordan never once went in to demand more money for his teammates. He never went in to demand to go get this player or that player. Like, you watch that documentary. He had no idea they were getting Dennis Rodman. He found out with the rest of his teammates that they got Dennis Rodman. They didn't include him in that decision-making. Mike. So, although LeBron, yeah, you could sit there and say, well, he tries to meddle too much. Well, you meddle if your company lets you. If my bosses let me make bad decisions... <laughs> It's on me for making bad decisions, but it's on them ultimately, too, for letting me make bad decisions. So that's kind of how it is there. It still falls on Cavs' ownership if LeBron is making bad decisions. You don't let your player be the GM, and if you do and it doesn't work out, that's not on LeBron. That's technically on you as well. I wouldn't say LeBron meddled the first tenure. I think he was only willing to commit to certain things, which he has every route to. But the second time, he definitely meddled. I mean, we saw that the big contract that Tristan got, the contract that J.R. Smith got, he was able to, you know what I'm saying, get them to trade Wiggins for Kevin Love. And all that meddling turned into a championship, so it was all worth it. LeBron recruits players. Jordan never did that. What are you talking about? For one, the Bulls had their core in place for two different dynasties. Like, I, I don't understand that. And, and by the way, and Chris, you're wrong. You're dead wrong. Let's be clear here. There's social media now. Everything gets out now. Back then, if a pigeon didn't drop it on your front doorstep, <laughs> did it even happen? You don't know. You don't know what happened behind closed doors as far as that goes. That's the music cueing me to shut up and we got to get moving. <laughs> but uh, I love the NBA discussion. You know, in the past, we haven't been able to have NBA discussions, but people are they're, they're jumping in on the NBA conversation. I like it. It's a different time now. The NBA sucks. What? What? The association is great, man. The association is fine. The like, association is great. Like, I, and people that say that, like, you're missing out. You're totally missing out on a lot of great basketball. You can love the era that you fell in love with the game of basketball and fall in love with, you know, Michael Jordan, Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, uh, you know, all the players from that uh, late 80s, early 90s and everything like that. I, that's, that's my era, too. I love it, too. And you can fall in love with the guys from the 70s. That's great. But you are truly missing out on the association, the actual games. Now, I, I, I can go with you there like all right man the drama the nba drama because that is a soap opera all onto itself but you know just watch the games these dudes can play man these dudes like you're missing out on jason tatum uh donovan mitchell trey young like it's a lot of great young basketball players that since you just know my era was better you're missing out on because guess what it's a lot of other kids that's watching it having fun Enjoying the game. Now, he said, Justin, you said Jordan didn't have to recruit players. Jordan didn't have to. Jordan never felt that he had to go force the ownership to make a decision to bring. When, like, when the when the Bulls figured it out, like, let's be clear, too. When LeBron wants a player, the Cavs peed down their leg, and they, they tried to get him that player the second go-round. Okay, he made bad GM decisions, whatever. They the got Bulls, a championship, so I can't say it was any bad moves. The Bulls were so they they changed coaches, and MJ was furious. Now ended up being for, and look, the management was right. They changed to Phil Jackson, but people act like look, that Michael Jordan knew what was best. Michael Jordan wanted to stay with Collins. Had they done what Michael Jordan wanted, he probably doesn't win six rings. He probably he wins less rings. This but, is this is also a fact. Most great basketball players 
make terrible GMs and make terrible coaches. Yeah. Are you? I mean, look at what MJ's doing now. <laughs> like what? What Jerry? The Jerry West thing? That's an anomaly. Jerry West is a Hall of Fame basketball player, Hall of Fame general manager too. But Pat Riley was an average basketball player when he was in Kentucky, turned into a great NBA coach. Phil Jackson, average basketball player, turns into a great coach. Like it takes. To uh, be uh, fair, Phil Jackson, he just didn't have a good enough posse to help him learn how to be a GM. So, <laughs> Rick Carlisle, a role player in the NBA. He's one of the best coaches in the league. Jerry Sloan, RIP. He was a role player when he was in the NBA. One of the best coaches of all time. Lenny Wilkins, he won a championship, but he was a role player on those teams. But he was one of the winningest coaches of all time. Like When you're like a super great player and everything like that, you can't convey to the average player what to do because instinctually you can just do it because you're that good. You can't convey that. So it takes a a special person to convey things and communicate very well, especially the new generation. And people that are missing out on basketball now, you're truly missing out on some great basketball just looking down on the generation like, oh, man, they can't do this, they can't do that. Well, look at the things that they can do and be entertained, man. They're, they're here providing entertainment, especially in a pandemic. I don't even know what our title is. It's NBA. It's very generic and basic. It's NBA. I love the association. I do, do too. I'm a big fan of it. Eric Pugh, who I believe Eric and I do not agree hardly on anything, but we uh, we found our our middle ground here. It looks like him and I are on the same page when it comes to the NBA. Eric says, Jordan had the best coach ever and one of the best rosters of all time, several Hall of Famers. He didn't need to recruit, and nor would LeBron with Pippen and Rodman and Kerr. And Eric, you're right. I guess that was my point. I'm not taking a shot at MJ or anything like that. I'm saying, hey, good for Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan got to get settled in for that six-year, eight-year stretch with missing seasons in there. But he got settled in for that eight-year stretch because his ownership made made a lot of dumb decisions behind closed doors, but they made so many right ones that led to that dynasty happening. MJ never had to worry about roster construction because it was there. LeBron's having to worry about his play. He's having to worry about his teammates' plays, having to worry that his, his you know GM and ownership makes the right decision. And, uh, yeah, like, I hate when people say LeBron, oh, he's just a ring chaser. MJ didn't have to chase rings. You're right, he didn't have to chase rings. Well, let's, be, he clear. let's be clear. LeBron has to be a ring chaser because we, in the media, put that on him. You know, but, uh, if you That's what I said earlier. Like, we, we, yeah, they're like, doing this what is, we forced this this to. All right, all right, all right. We welcome you back. And, uh... I got a little excited there talking some NBA. Uh, we don't get into the NBA too often, but when we do, I lose lost track of time. I lose track of time quite often, but not like that. That was. <laughs> I might be going on a vacation here soon. Um, so, I'm getting some heat for my list. Of course, everyone likes you, so your list. I mean, you could you could have Scalabrini one through ten. Everyone's like, oh, that's a great list, Kev. That's a great point. Look, and man. he ain't even in the league anymore. Look, but I, you know, I, I legitly think is legitly a word. I legitimately is legit. Oh, I've had this debate before. Is legitly a word? It's not, but I think it is. I, I use think it as it a, is. if you say any word confidently enough, people just think, oh wow, he has a very advanced uh, vocabulary. So, I think le- legitly, you said. Is it legitly or legitimately? Le- legitimately is definitely a word. Are you, are definitely one hundred percent. Is that legitly? Is that- <laughs> When you say it, it doesn't sound like a word. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Keith said, uh, that was a great conversation. And, yeah, Justin, your list is so-so. Oh, yeah, Keith? Well, 
It's okay. I've been, I've been trying to get better at like when people disagree with me, just say, you know what, Keith, I respect your. <laughs> Hold on. I just thought about something. What did you think about, Kev? You you raked me over the coals about Luca. So not only do you have Luca and his counterpart Trey Young in your top ten. Damn right. They're the same player. Better than than uh, Dame. Get out of here, bruh. <laughs> get out of here, man. Get out of here. You would take Dame over both of them. Yes. Like, right now, right now, today, yep. now, in the future, yeah, Luka's going to be better. But today? Like, future as in when the season tips off no, in like two weeks? Future, like, I agree with you. In the future, like, all right, man, like three, four years from now. Three, four oh, years from now? Yeah. What has Dave Lillard done in his last three or four years at all? What are you talking about? Oh, I mean, I, I, last I checked. What are you talking about? We're, so, we're, so, at, hey, so let's make sure hey, that look, everybody watching, knows this. My hands look like his. little lighter, but when, <laughs> look like his. No rings. When, whenever, no we rings. Talk, whenever we talk about a player that I prefer over a player he doesn't, he always goes to the ring card. But then when I bring up the fact that James Harden doesn't have rings and chokes in the playoffs, oh, he does all these cool moves and he travels and he hits a whole bunch of threes better than everybody in the league. Why doesn't, it, why isn't it the same? Why isn't it the same? James Harden ain't got no rings. Same Got MVP. Okay. 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 What, and what else he got? That still is what separates him from Dave Willard automatically. Automatically. And you, the MVP doesn't mean anything. No, it's the most interesting player in the NBA is what it should be called. I but he does I, have an MVP. And if Dame did have an MVP, you would not be letting me get away with disrespecting the most I, interesting I, player award. I value the MVP award. You don't. No, you value it for the first time it happens for a player. No, and no, then no. after that, it's like, no, oh, I value you know, it for their entire no, no, no. career. There's no way that a player with the numbers that they have when they win an MVP gets better even years after that. Their numbers are better than the year they won the MVP, and somehow they're trash. That doesn't make that any doesn't sense. That doesn't mean a different player can't have a better season. That No. <laughs> now, how is because, no? How is that no? Because that's not James Harden is better now than what he was when he won the MVP, and now he's out of people's top ten. So it's one thing to say, okay, another player had a better season. Yeah, well, you're that's trying what to I'm convince saying. me that there are no. I'm saying it's one thing for you to say that, but then to turn around and not have him in your top ten as if there's just nine other players better than James Harden is laughable. The fact that you have Trey Young in your top ten is laughable. They, uh, for one, James Harden is going to have way more of an impressive NBA resume when it is all said and done than Dame, Dame Lillard is just another one of those Tracy McGrady impressive players, fun to watch, but they didn't really do anything. What did Tracy McGrady do? What did Dame Lillard do? They had a couple of exciting seasons. So you're going to hang on to this, hang on to James Harden's MVP award because that is, quote-unquote, the only thing that he has over Dame Lillard or Tracy McGrady. He doesn't have anything else. I think most. So you would take Trace McGrady and Dame over over. I would definitely James take Harden. Definitely take Trace McGrady over both of them. Hmm. Definitely. I like T Mac though, so I don't want to disrespect T Mac. <laughs> and T Mac can. But be I'll, a guest take on the show. Over, I'll take T Mac over Dame. I'll take T Mac over I'll both take James of them. Harden over Dame. I take Dame over James Harden. So uh, Shorty says he wants to see my list one more time. My no. list. Don't Le- LeBron James. Cover your eyes. It's not what that LeBron James, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis. No, one, real, two, real and three. Quick, real quick, real quick, before we jump into Shorty, where was AD on your list before he won a championship? Before he would still be top ten, but I would have had him more back towards the the back end of the top ten. But what I liked about what Anthony Davis did is he didn't just what, what Anthony Davis did was not. Right off LeBron's success, Anthony Davis was able to take advantage 
of the opportunities that came to him because of LeBron. It's one thing to win because of LeBron. It's another to take your career and to take your game and elevate it because of LeBron. Because LeBron's going to give you the LeBron style of play and his greatness is going to give you that opportunity to be great, but it's what you do with it. He actually did that. Uh, and that's why I have him all the way up there right there. But the, the reason I can argue me having him up there now that I think about it compared to how I what my expectations are, take LeBron out. I don't think the Lakers are a playoff team last year. LeBron, they're, they're an NBA champion with LeBron James. I don't even think they're a playoff team with Anthony Davis and no LeBron James. So there's I'll that. I'll have to think about that. Um, in, in a whole 82, maybe, maybe that not. That roster is worse than the Pelicans roster he had that he left to, to go there. You think? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Because remember when Rondo played with AD... With New Orleans, that's when they made their deepest run in the playoffs. So I think if Rondo's on that the team, the second you, round. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> but you make it sound like they were like they were a game seven away from okay, an NBA. Okay, that's fair. That's appearance. fair. But I'm just saying, like when you have quote unquote playoff Rondo, like that's a thing now. Um, but like when you have a locked in Rondo, you do get a different caliber of basketball player and a different accountability um, on your basketball team. I, I would say they probably still would have made the playoffs. Obviously, they would not have won an NBA title without LeBron James. I think that goes without saying. He's mad that I've Russell Westbrook in there. But anyways, those are our top ten. I love the association. Our top ten list uh, right there. So, it's the Justin Kenner Show with Kev Nash. And uh, yes, we are going to switch gears and get back to the NFL as we head into week 14 of the NFL season. (laughs) Um, But there we go. Uh, Chris says, uh, don't the Lakers have... Uh, four, I'm assuming he meant four, the number four, four future Hall of Famers on their team right now. Who's Last the four year on they their... did. But not like good. people, I mean, again, what lev- what stage of those yeah, Hall of Famers yeah, that, are on yeah, their career? Yeah, that's that's not fair. But so, like last but, year, but he's doing that because he hates LeBron, so he's trying to make it sound like LeBron had four Hall of Famers that care. That team is not a playoff team if LeBron is not on it. Last that, like, year, last year, obviously LeBron, AD, Dwight Howard, and Rondo. Those all those guys are going to make it to the Hall of Fame. Dwight Howard's not the Dwight Howard that he was when he was winning Defensive Player of the Year trophies all over the place. And everything like that when he was at Orlando. Matter of fact, how he was with his run that he had with Houston, he he's not even that player anymore. Obviously, Rondo isn't the Rondo that was winning championships with the Celtics and everything like that. They're on the back end of their careers. They're still obviously very good basketball players. But, yeah, I would say about four Hall of Famers on their team last year. They have less Hall of Famers on their team this year, but their team way is better. better because they have better pieces. You know, you get rid of uh, Danny Green for uh, I'm drawing a total blank on uh, Wesley Matthews, who's a better version of Danny Green, you know, and a younger version of Danny Green, a 3 and D guy. So you get better with less Hall of Famers on your team, if that makes any sense. Chad, we are getting back to football. Just be patient. I appreciate your <laughs> Just, patience. It's a, look, man, don't nothing bring out people's anger like the association. Like, I know NFL, but, like, NFL is really regional. Like, people are just talking about their team. In the association, you can go everywhere with it because people root for players in the NBA. It's not really like, oh, oh, man, this is the hometown team. Like, there's plenty of people out here that rooted for LeBron James when he was with the Cavs. Soon as he went to Miami, they turned into Miami fans. Then when he came back to the Cavs, they were Cavs fans. Now he's with the Lakers, he's Lakers fans. Then you have the batch of 
Kobe fanatics who really don't even like the fact that LeBron's on the Lakers, but they deal with it because it helps their team get championships. Like the NBA, like then you have your Kevin Durant guys who were mad at KD, who that went to go to state, didn't root for him then, but now that he's in Brooklyn, they're back on KD because they love KD. Yeah, I I still think he's one of the most disliked players in the NBA right now. I, I still mean, don't think. I think Kevin Durant like made fake Twitter accounts yeah. to go at people. Like he's the epitome of what a weak basketball player looks like from that aspect. He has to win a championship to get that respect. Like LeBron still wasn't liked. He was liked by Cleveland. People still hated him when he went to Cleveland. He was loved after he won in Cleveland, and mm-hmm. then he it kind of softened a lot of the hatred towards him. I I'm, I disagree that Durant has turned the hatred around by just going to the Nets. He needs to win. No, no, no. no Talk about his fan base. Like oh, his, there, okay, there's okay, pockets okay, of fan bases. Like there's guys, just guys. Like guys. I don't care what team they go to. That's the team I'm rooting for. Like that's how it is in the NBA. You don't see. Too many guys saying that there were New England Patriots fans that root for Tampa Bay now that Tom's there. No, they're still Patriots fans, and they're dealing with a terrible season. And they're just putting up with it until they can fix it. Like, they didn't jump ship. Like, people stick to their teams in the NFL. People stick to their favorite players in the NBA. Don says AD left the Pelicans because he didn't want to be second fiddle to Zion. Don, that no, with all due respect, that makes absolutely zero sense. D- Anthony Davis had no idea Zion was... I mean, no one in their right mind. For all you people out there who actually believe that the NBA lottery is fixed, I promise you, the first-round draft picks that went to Cleveland constantly, and for one, twice in the last decade, the Pelicans got the number one overall pick. For anyone out there that actually believes that the NBA lottery is fixed, you have no idea what you're talking about because the Pelicans got it twice. In the same year, the Pelicans got the number one overall pick with Zion on the market with the Lakers and the Knicks available to get that. They had higher odds than the Pelicans of landing that pick, and the Pelicans got it. So for anyone out there that thinks that the NBA draft lottery is rigged, it is not rigged. I promise you that much. Now, to Don's point, Don, when he left, that was as simple as they weren't going to pay him the money he wanted. They weren't going to be able to... They. He just wanted to be there. He, he didn't want to like, be there. He, he had been there long enough. I give him credit. He signed that, you know, after his rookie deal, he'd signed the extension. I, I, I like when guys do that. Good for them. They always give a lot. I give the NBA guys credit. They always have their rookie deal. They always sign their extension. It's rare that they stay with their team after that second one. So, to me, you have four years to enjoy the newborn baby, to take him to family's houses, to take him to friends' houses. It's cute. It's fun. But then they get to that age where they're just kind of awkward and goofy and ugly. Their teeth are all falling out and gapped, and, and they're getting pimples all over their face, and they're just not cute anymore. And it's just and they're annoying. They, you know, they're starting to get that B.O. smell. It's just like, ugh, okay, you were cuter when you were a baby. You're, ugh, get away. You know, when you're 18, I'll be at your graduation party. I'll talk to you then. Leave me alone. That's, kinda, that's where they're at. So the NBA has a very important stage after the rookie contract where they have to show that they are committed to that player to win championships and that's why usually it doesn't work a lot of times the divorces in the nba happen because once the the i guess if you want to call it the honeymoon stage after the draft happens you feel like you're well on your way the exciting like zion he's going to sign his extension here in a few years because he's going to have fun these next couple because there's no pressure there's no pressure on zion these next four years zion just has to be big strong exciting and fun he's going to sign that extension then he's going to feel the pressure to win nba championships Then he's going to start taking it a little bit more serious. Then he's going to start to get a little bit more irked because he's going to realize he can't win there because it's just that stars aren't going to come play with him in New Orleans. And then that's when he's going to leave. That's why, look at the biggest players that have left their teams lately, Kev. What was the last player that left their team after their rookie deal? 
Never. Like, I'm not going to give her, like, I'm normally the player guy on the show, but I'm not going to give them credit for signing those deals. Those are the most, the maximum dollars from the team that they can be mm-hmm. on. So what they're normally doing is they're playing out their rookie contract. They sign their extension. That initial extension basically is money to set them up for the rest of their lives. Because you got to think, like, all right, they're getting their rookie contract, which is <laughs> fantastic money. Million, They turn into instant millionaires. But then to say, all right, you sign your extension, like, uh, shoot, who signed? just signed an extension? Jason Tatum. He just signed, like, a five-year, $120 million contract. They're not. He's not going to turn that down to say, all right, I'm going to be a free agent and go sign a four-year extension somewhere else for half the money. So they signed a contract. And if things aren't working out halfway through the contract, you run into, I don't want to be here no more. And then they force their way out. And that's how the NBA works. So I'll give them credit. The third contract that they sign on wherever they decide to go, if they decide to go, quote unquote, chase rings or stick it out with their team, whatever. They have every right, man. That's why it's called free agency, man. You and I have the right to, you know, everybody listen to this show. If they don't like their job that they're at. They can go apply for another job somewhere else and go work somewhere else. And nobody's hopping down their back saying, oh, man, you're just money chasing. (laughs) Hey, man, like it or not, the NBA is a job. It's their job. Yeah, we watch it as entertainment, but it is their job. So it's twofold. They're they're doing a job and they're trying to win championships to be great. So I really don't knock them anymore. I can be perfectly honest. I was super perturbed when LeBron left the Cavs the first time. Eventually... I got over it, and eventually I do see the ways. Look, man, this is this is just their job, man. They got to do what they got to do. They're human. They're people just like us. No one's telling me where I can and can't work. No one's telling you that either. We're making decisions based on what we think is best for ourselves, and that's what happens when NBA free agents. Matter of fact, not NBA free agents. Every free agent in sports. Yeah, and and by the way, and Don is saying that AD signed his contract after they drafted Zion. My point, Don, is that he had already made up his mind that he was leaving. It was before, a sign and trade before that. And the thing is, it really wasn't about like there was nothing else the Pelicans could have done to prove it to him that they were going to win. For one, they were about to blow up the roster to begin with. They were about to reset. Keep in mind that they were about to rebuild again. Anthony Davis wasn't going to stick around. There wasn't a move that they could have made to make them instant contenders. They got some good guys together. You know, they went out and got Boogie Cousins. They had Rajon Rondo. I actually really did like that roster. Yeah, that, that very, roster was good. It was that was that playoff team that you talked about mm-hmm. that went to the second round. That's the furthest he, he had has made it to the playoffs up into this past season with the Lakers. So, with that in mind. You know, at that point, he felt like, oh, man, we should be adding to this roster, not taking away from it. Then they lose Rajon Rondo. Boogie Cousins goes down and he's yep. out. And then there he is facing the, uh, you know, this losing, you know, all this losing. He's injured. He comes back. He's healthy. They don't even let him play. They're forcing him to sit out because they were tanking that year. Mm-hmm. So he was irritated. So he had made up his mind that he was ready to leave um, uh, a long time ago. So, th- so uh, Don, yes, I guess you were right on that aspect. My bad on that. The, he was technically there when Zion was there, but he had agreed to leave and move on. He wasn't wanting to rebuild. He's nine years. He's seven or eight years into the league. Right. He's closer to the back end than he is the beginning. I have no problem with that. And I think it's going to work out for both teams. I mean, they traded AD to get Brandon Ingram. Um, Brandon Ingle was a first-time All-Star this year, a 20-point scorer in the NBA. Obviously, they got Zion. They just traded Drew Holiday and got a whole bunch of draft picks. Obviously, they got Zoe as well. So I think it's going to work out for both parties involved. I think that yeah. the Lakers obviously worked out for them. They won a championship this year and, and contention to win another one this year. Pelicans are just looking to be around that 4-5 seed. 
And if they make a four or five seed in the NBA playoffs this year, I say it's a win-win because nobody's looking at the Pelicans to win an NBA championship anytime soon. Yeah, and keep in mind, too, people, because someone else is messaging and saying, well, look, the Pelicans roster is pretty good. I mean, you have Zion, you have Ball, you have Ingram. Imagine if you had AD. Folks, they wouldn't have those pieces. Yeah. If like If it was AD and it was Zion, they would have actually been worse last year. Right. Like Anthony Davis and Zion would not have been good with no good guards around them. Right. They had nothing. Last year's Zion team was good because you had a good solid point guard yeah, in, in, in Ball and Drew Holiday, and then Ingram, of course, had that breakout year. A lot of those guys had breakout years because you know they they were a few years in the league already. Those guys aren't there if Anthony Davis right. doesn't. Yeah, leave. you so can't. They're not that. coming because yeah. you just want them to. You got to ship somebody out to get somebody in. All right, it's the Justin Kinner Show with Kev Nash here on 1410 ESPN Radio. Doug Toby says, sorry, I missed the first two hours of your show. Went golfing. Are you jealous? Yes, I absolutely am. <laughs> I went out to meet uh, Larry from Alano's a little bit ago to pick up our food, and I, I walked out. I said, I, I wanted, I was like, let's go golf. I wanted to just go. I was like, Kev can handle the last couple hours of the show. They would hate it because it would be all association. <laughs> all association. We just did a whole hour on the association. I'm happy now. Yep, absolutely. So Zion or Zion, uh, you know, you have Obi tonight making his debut. Is that Obi, on is that on NBA TV? Let me check. Can anyone help us out with that? You Dayton Flyers fans have I'm sure they've looked into this and I should have looked into it too and I hadn't. Um for one, I guess I can't watch it anything tonight anyway, so that's why I haven't looked into it. But I am curious. Is it gonna be on ESPN? Is it gonna be made available anywhere? No, it is not. It is not. It is... So no one can watch the Knicks tonight, huh? <laughs> Who wants to watch the Knicks? And so he's going to pop up. You know it's only a matter of time before he has a highlight. Well, what, does he have a highlight dunk tonight? Yes. No question about <laughs> it? No yes. question about it? Uh, NBA TV game, 8 o'clock, the Rockets and the Bulls, and then the ESPN game is the Kings and Trailblazers. Obviously, this is preseason NBA basketball, so I'm expecting the rookies to get a lot of burn. They so. have to get a lot of burn. They have no – They Obi just got drafted a few weeks ago. There's no summer league. You've had individual workouts. You've had some trainers. Uh, Chad Kinster says no. Uh, yeah, maybe no, not on ESPN Plus. No, none of that. No. So either way, regardless, Obi's making his NBA preseason debut tonight. It is just preseason. I'm excited for it though because to Kev's point, rookies are going to get a lot of playing time tonight. You are going to get to see or at least hear about or follow <laughs> a lot of about Obi's uh, you know debut tonight Can't in wait. the association. I'm pretty pumped. I mean, look, I don't really want to. I don't care about. What happens with the Knicks this season, per se? I mean, it would be cool if they had success. I just don't, that roster's not very good. Uh, but that roster's not very good, which means there's going to be a lot of playing time for Obi. Even if it was good, Obi's going to be a part of why that team is good. I, just, I Look, I'm, I'm pumped to see the first highlight. Like, it's going to be really cool seeing him in that Knicks jersey making that first big dunk, just seeing any highlight of him in general. It is preseason, but what's his stat line tonight, Kev? Um, 12 and 5. Minutes? And points, I agree. What? Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> so 12 points, 5 rebounds. Yeah. Huh? Something right. light. Something light. Light work. Uh, I say he's going to get, what, 20 minutes? 20 minutes? More than that? Yeah. No, you're probably right. Probably around 20 minutes. I'm saying 8 points, 5 rebounds, 2 assists. That's fair. It's preseason. It's preseason. Off to a bad start, though. You scored oh, double digits. Didn't you tell me that today's NBA? <laughs>
Well, you don't want to. Never mind. Never All mind. right, folks. We'll be back in a moment. NFL, I promise, I promise, I promise. NFL Week 14 picks. I'm going to just tell you this right now. The Cleveland Browns are beating the damn Ravens. They are beating the Ravens. I'm making that pick. That's I'm a Monday night pick. game. That you want to save it? No, I'm not saving nothing. The only thing I'm going to tell you on the other side is how much they win by. And it's not going to be close. We'll be back in a moment. All right, week 14 of the National Football League. Well, technically officially kicked off last night. The uh, the Rams 24 to 3 over the New England Patriots and the Rams are now 9 and 4, 5 and 1 and you know for a while it was like trying to figure out who was the the who's the your odds on favorite to represent the NFC come Super Bowl time, but that division's interesting. We're f- so focused on the Seahawks. You know, the Niners had a lot of eyes on them coming into the season. Now the Cardinals were kind of cute for a little bit with what they're doing with with Kyler Murray. The Rams look like the hottest. Team. They're kind of like the Browns of the NFC right now because the Browns and the Rams, they've both just been quietly winning all season while everyone's doubting them, especially the right. Rams who, who don't look as flashy as they did. You know, Sean McVay, they had like the, one of the hottest offenses in the league a few years ago, still one of the top offenses now, but they you know they don't have Todd Gurley. You know, they don't have – like their, their run games aren't as strong. They, they, their wide receivers aren't as good. They don't have cooks anymore. They you know, So they – They've kind of taken a step back, but what they've done is they've got better defensively. Mm-hmm. They're not as explosive offensively, but they're just consistent offensively. The The Rams are kind of the, the Browns of the NFC where they've just continued to get better each year, and right now they're playing the best football in that division, and you can say outside of the, the Chiefs, the Browns are close to playing that way right now in the AFC. So don't be surprised to see the the differences. The Browns are getting to the Super Bowl. The Rams <laughs> are getting to the Super Bowl. You think uh, the Rams will make it? I don't know. I mean, I'm not a big fan of anyone else in the in the NFC. I mean, sure, the Saints have continued to win. They haven't lost since week three. And, but you still don't know who they are. Right. I mean, the people are like, oh, well, it doesn't matter. That's how good they are. They could put anyone in there. I think Drew Brees coming back is going to make them take a step back as he gets reacclimated after coming back after missing that time. Bruised ribs. I mean, come on. Broken ribs. Fun fact. Teddy, Br- Pre- <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill under them, they've never lost a game. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Like the but backup. they don't look as good. Like I, I'm not impressed. I mean, with I'm that. just saying. Like, but you got to give the team overall team a lot of credit and yeah. coaches have a lot of credit. You mean to tell me they've lost more games with the Hall of Fame quarterback than two backup quarterbacks? Sample That's size, bad. though. But I mean, a Teddy game, they played six without him. He won six. Mm-hmm. Like Taysom, they're at three now. Like that's nine games. Like no one's pretty, no one's lining up. Maybe I'm just, of you to pick Teddy Bridgewater. I'm just saying Look at who Bridgewater is though outside of the Saints' offense. That's what I'm. That's what I just said. You got to so, give a lot of credit to the team and the head coach. So I, I, that's impressive. I think that's very impressive. I mean, you have one of the best quarterbacks ever to play the game, and the backups haven't lost a game. That's a credit to everybody on their organization. I'm not going to give them credit for that. That's small because the way you're wording it is as if they're better than him. No, I am better not. than him. I just they're, said the Hall of Fame quarterback. And the backups have held it down, and they haven't lost the game, giving credit to not only the offense and defense, but the head coach. I'm giving the organization the credit that they deserve. Whatever. You just want me to take a shot at Drew Brees like I was earlier, which I am not. I give Drew Brees a lot of credit. Yeah, you, Drew Brees you hope is the every man. time he inhales. Never, I know never, <laughs> never, never. Drew Brees is the man, even though we don't d- agree on a lot of other things. He's the man on the football field. Uh, the Texans and the Bears. 
Texans a point and a half favorite. This was just a dead even line, so the Texans have kind of shifted to be the favorite. I'm look. This is who. This is the who cares game right here. Uh, I'm a big Deshaun Watson fan. He's mm. quietly. If his team was just slightly better, they're four and eight. If they if they're close to five hundred, he's at least in the MVP conversation. Right. Deshaun Watson has had that good of a year. His numbers are right up there with Patrick Mahomes. He's that damn good this year. And their offensive line is garbage. Horrible. That's why I don't like when people make excuses. Oh, quarterbacks. They you know that's what made Drew uh, Joe Burrow at least somewhat impressive this year to me because, hey, the offensive line was garbage, and yet he was still throwing for 300 yards a game. That's impressive. That's Deshaun Watson, same thing. You know, my biggest criticism about Baker last year, hey, the offensive line's bad. His play declines. There are court, Russell Wilson's offensive line's not that great. They play great. You could pl- still, the great quarterbacks in the league can elevate their games even with an average to bad offensive line. I just don't encourage that you put your quarterback in that position. But I'm picking the Texans. Picking the Texans as well. The road to them trying to get to 8-8, eight and eight. man. If they can get to 8-8 eight and eight after the start that they had, that would be a successful season for the Texans. Rapid fire. Bengals, Cowboys, Dallas, a three-and-a-half point favorite. Andy Dalton making his return to Cincinnati. Andy Dalton comes back to Cincinnati, and he gets a win in Cincinnati, something he couldn't do a lot of last season. I'm picking the Cowboys. Yeah, I'm picking the Cowboys in this game too. If Joey B was playing, I would definitely pick the Bengals and for him to put up a great stat game, but he's not playing. Cowboys win this game. Dolphins Chiefs. The Chiefs are a seven and a half point favorite. This is quietly a one of the bigger games of the weekend. Big game. Um, my attention's on the Browns and Ravens, but I tell you what, this might be the second biggest game of the weekend. The Dolphins and the Chiefs the Dolphins, I'm picking the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins get the upset in this game. Not that they're better than the Chiefs, but I'm picking Tua, and the, this is going to be Tua's breakout game. It maybe won't be a huge statistical game, but it's going to be that 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 game that puts him and this Dolphins team on the map because they're 8-4. and four. They're waiting for that, that Titans game that the Browns just had last weekend that got everyone's attention. When the Dolphins beat the Chiefs on Sunday, which I predict they do, that'll be the moment where everyone's like, okay, the Dolphins are someone to fear come playoff time. Now, obviously, I make my bread at saying I'm not that guy, but I'm not that guy to be rooting for other teams. But I'm rooting for the Dolphins because I need Kansas City to get another loss so my Pittsburgh Steelers can have some more wiggle room here. I am rooting for Miami, but I think the champs are going to win. Cardinals trying to keep their head above water. They hit the road take on the Giants. The Cardinals are a three-point favorite. Uh, Back-to-back underdogs I'm picking here. The Giants are playing some of the best football right now out there, as crazy as it sounds. All of a sudden, the NFC East is pretty impressive. Uh, I'm picking the Giants over the Cardinals if Daniel Jones plays. I haven't heard an update on if he's playing or not. I'm assuming he's healthy. I'm picking the Giants, bottom line, if Daniel Jones is healthy. I'm also going with the Giants strictly because of the defense. The defense has been playing lights out. Um, Julius Peppers, not Julius Peppers. Wow. <laughs> I said Julius Peppers. Peppers from Michigan. He's been balling. He's been not. He's been playing like he's back at Michigan. So kudos to him, man. So uh, I'm going with the Giants. Well, yeah, and hopefully he doesn't pull a Michigan and lose. So the Vikings uh, are on the road. They're at the Buccaneers. Tampa Bay is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a must-win for the Buccaneers. No, it's not like they'll be eliminated from playoff contention. But from a uh, morale perspective, they desperately need this win. If they lose this, the wheels will fall off, and uh, they desperately need this win. I'm picking the Buccaneers, but I wouldn't be surprised to see the Vikings get the W. I'm going with the Buccaneers because they need it more. I mean, shoot, Minnesota needs it as well. But I think that Tom Brady is like, look, man, I I came here to win a Super Bowl and don't make the playoffs in my first year, that can't happen. So I'm going with Tampa Bay. But if they don't win this game, they're not making the playoffs. Broncos, Panthers, Carolina, a three-point favorite. Uh, both four and eight. I, I mean, this is a... I'm going to... I don't know who to go with. I guess Carolina. And there's really no analysis with it. I'm just picking Carolina because they're the home team. This is a game I have zero cares about. Uh, 
likewise, go with the home team. All right, down to the next one. The Titans reeling a little bit after that loss to the Browns last week. They did play a much better second half. I think they pick up where they left off and take that momentum here. I don't think they liked getting shellacked last week. I think they they need to they need to not just win this game, but they need to come out and, and kind of get back to what was working for them to start. They know who they are. They know they don't have a great pass rush. The defense isn't their strong point, but the run game is. Ryan Tanhill, he's going to have a big game. The Titans beat the Jaguars. Bounce back game for the Titans. Colts Raiders. Raiders are a three-point underdog. The Raiders, uh, they should be 6-6. Six and six. The Jets handed them that game last week. Uh, they have struggled as of late. I'm picking the Colts. The Colts, both. this is a playoff game. Both teams yeah. are desperate. The Colts are holding on for dear life to that seventh spot in the current playoff right, race right now. The Raiders, they're looking to get back to that spot. I'm picking the Colts in this. They're just playing better overall football right now. Going with the Raiders. Going with the Vegas Raiders. I think they're going to pull off the upset and try to get into that playoff spot. Jets, Seahawks. The Seahawks are a 13 and a half point favorite. The 8 and 4 Seahawks are the home team. The Jets are 0 and 12. Look, the Seahawks next. Seahawks, I'm assuming. Seahawks get right. There you go. Packers, Lions. Lions 5 and 7. A few weeks removed from firing their head coach or their former head coach and coach Patricia. Green Bay is a 9 point favorite. The Packers, Aaron Rodgers in the MVP race at this point. He needs to keep that momentum going. I'm picking the Packers in this one, but don't be surprised if the Lions make it a close one. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams have their way. And that's where, well, I have a bye week in my uh, fantasy team, but I have Devontae Adams. But watch, you'll have the biggest week of the entire season this week. But I need him to be ready <laughs> to go next week. for a buck 80. Oh, exactly. <laughs> Saints-Eagles. We get to see Jalen Hurts make his NFL debut. The Saints looking to keep their winning streak going. They haven't lost since week three. They are 10-2. and two. Uh, The Saints... Uh, who are you rolling with here? I'm going to pick the, the Eagles are going to play motivated football yeah. because of Jalen Hurst. I always go with it when the team is debuting a quarterback. I usually always go with that team if it's a, if it's like a legit quarterback, not like any old quarterback. Like I like you know what I mean. Like when the Dolphins had Tua, uh, when you get you know when Justin Herbert when the when the Chargers got him, they just you there's New just life. something exciting. Like when the Browns they were so I mean just dead in the water when they played the Jets in Baker's rookie year. He comes in at the end of the second half and they were a completely different football team. We saw just how much the Bengals changed with. Joe Burrow. I'm going to pick the Eagles, Jalen Hurts. It's not because they're better, but the Saints have been rolling. If Drew Brees does come and play, he's not going to be 100%. They're going to be trying to ease him back. I just don't think you're going to see the Saints 100% on Sunday, and I think Jalen Hurts gets them another win. I think they're 4-8-1 when it's all said and done. Saints win this game. The New Orleans Saints backup quarterbacks stay undefeated. Falcons, Chargers, Atlanta, three-point favorite. The Chargers got shellacked against the Patriots last week. Um, uh, look, I, at this point, I'm picking the Falcons. Veteran team, Matt Ryan, picking ATL. the Falcons. So there you go. Washington Niners, San Francisco, a three-point favorite. I'm picking Washington in this. They're rolling right now. I'm a huge Alex Smith fan. I, how about his story, man? Oh, man, that's I, awesome. I thought it was like, okay, he's back. He's not going to get a lot of the, the the reps. No, the Washington football team, they're winning this one. They're going to make this entry. They could, but when it's all said and done, be the one that represents the NFC East, and it's because of that defense, and it's because of Chase Young. Give Washington a lot of credit. This isn't going to be one of those, oh, the worst team left standing in the East. You're starting to see the Giants yeah. in Washington develop and get better as the season goes on. We've been making fun of this division all year. Those two teams playing good football. Washington, not easy to watch, but that defense and Alex Smith and the run game for Washington makes them kind of dangerous heading into the playoffs a little bit. Very dangerous with that pass rush. I'm going to go with the Washington football team as well. Steelers, Bills, Buffalo, a three-point favorite. Steelers, they lost their first game of the season. I hate to say it's a must-win for them, but they're, it is a must-win for them because they're trying to get that one seed right now, and they've already lost the game. The, the Browns are playing hot right now. The, not only can the Steelers end up risking losing the number one seed in the AFC, they could end up, when it's all said and done, possibly losing the AFC North title. 
that's a, still a long shot, but it's not that crazy when you look at how hot the Browns are playing right now. The Steelers are regressing. you got a good Bills team coming in. Very good. The Ravens aren't the best right now, so there's just a lot of things going in favor of Cleveland. Steelers need to get this game on Sunday, but I just the Bills are playing too good a football. I'm picking the Bills. I'm going with Buffalo to win this football game. Wow. Um, the Steelers. I'll save it to win. I said good for you. I said I said like that. That was a compliment, a hole. Compliment me picking against my team. Obviously, I'm rooting for my team to win the game. I think Buffalo's going to win this game simply because they're clicking on all cylinders right now. Pittsburgh Steelers need a, this game they got coming up against the Bengals to get right. You know what I'm saying? Get their confidence back. Get their swagger back. Heading into games against the Colts and the Browns to finish out the season. So I think they're going to lose this game, but then start to get their swag back towards the end of the regular season. Ravens, Browns, Monday Night Football. As we've wrapped things up here and closed it out heading into the weekend, the Baltimore Ravens are a two-point favorite. They're on the road. Cleveland, one of the hottest teams, not just in the AFC, Baltimore's but on the football. Favorite. Yeah, Baltimore's wow. favored by two. The Browns are 9-3. and three. They're 5-1 and one at home. They will be 10-3, and 6-1 and one at home. They beat the Ravens. It'll be a close one. I was joking earlier when I said they'd blow them out. It's going to be close. It's going to be close because... Look, I think Baker's not going to do what he did last week against the Titans. Denver's defense or uh, Baltimore's defense is just too good. They're just too good. Even though they're not playing the best defensive football right now, this is still the most defensive talent that Baker has faced in quite a few weeks. That pass rush, the secondary, they're going to be more of a challenge. But again, it's not up to Baker. It's up to the run game. The run game, Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, that offensive line, Baker's confidence mixed with, you know, they know who they are now. The Browns' defense just needs to make sure they do as best a job they can to contain Lamar Jackson so Lamar doesn't have that breakout game. Lamar's been flat for weeks. If he ends up having that breakout game, the Browns are in trouble. I'm picking the Browns in this. It's it's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be an AFC North battle. These are two really good football teams. I'm not used to saying that between the Browns and Ravens. We're used to the Ravens being good. Two really good football teams, but the Browns, they're, they're getting this one. This is going to be their staple win of the season coming up 10-3. and three. Get your popcorn ready. 24-21, Browns win this game. 24-21? Yep. I'm going to go 27-20, Browns win this one. Get your popcorn. Going to be exciting. It's I great weekend 27, 28-27, uh, don't matter. It don't matter two. as long as the Browns win. The huh? Browns are winning coming Sunday or Monday night. So there you go. All right, folks, have a great night. Keep uh, keep you know, keep checking out the Facebook page. We'll have an update as far as what time we're going to be out at Timothy's Bar and Grill tomorrow for the Dayton Flyers pregame. It was supposed to be a noon tip-off. Now it's a 3 p.m. tip-off. Mississippi State Dayton Flyers uh, live from Atlanta. So we're going to be at Timothy's Bar and Grill. Follow me on uh, to go to the Justin Hinder Show Facebook page so you know where to find us tomorrow on Sunday, we'll be live at Frickers for the Sunday morning tailgate show, live from Frickers on 741 by the Dayton Mall, 1130 to 1. Have a great weekend, everybody. Go